106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I just want to. I just want to say this. It seems to me that you put a high priority on making sure that you were favorably portrayed by the D.C. press score. You spent a lot of time doing that. Fair enough if that's your priority. But at the same time, that's we had a rapidly deteriorating, frankly, disastrous situation in Afghanistan, which resulted in the death of 13 soldiers, including one from my home state, hundreds of civilians and hundreds of Americans left behind. And in my view, that mission can't be called a success in any way, shape, or form, logistical or otherwise. General, I think you should resign. Secretary Austin, I think you should resign. I think this mission was a catastrophe. I think there's no other way to say it, and there has to be accountability. I respectfully submit it should begin with you. I want to go on to talk about uh, this. This is amazing. We should just, we should just watch it. This is on TikTok, um, and it is just going to show you where we are at on the topic of gender. There are trans men who, who lactate. There are those who go by he, him, different pronouns. It is not hurting cis women to say chest feeding, but... It does hurt those who go by other pronouns to continue to say breastfeeding, especially if they have body dysmorphia. My child is not allowed to have TikTok. What better way to quickly corrode culture than via a social media app? We now have our teachers, the people who are supposed to be educating our students, crying on video on the internet because their, their students might cough on them. If I die, who's going to take care of my children? And if I end up in the hospital, how am I going to pay those bills? And if I give COVID to my students or my own children and they die, how am I going to live with that? It is like we are trying to protect our students from a mass shooting that we know is coming but cannot do anything about except we can do something about it. It's just that not everyone agrees that wearing a mask will stop the onslaught of students and staff who are likely to become sick, and that makes me sick. If you're crying over the prospect that one of your students might cough on you and might spread the germs, you are not fit to be, certainly not to be teaching anybody, but probably not fit to, to even be in public life. Some tech experts in Silicon Valley, Valley with whom I have met, who say that you know, maybe what they'll do this next time is to really disrupt the actual election, shut down the servers that you send results to, uh, interfere with the operation of voting machines, because still too many of them are linked to the Internet. So there, we are still very vulnerable. Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is our 131st episode, and it will play or appear on October 2nd, Saturday, 2021. So we, of course, work on it a couple days ahead of time. So uh, Tanner Martis down in Texas, who used to live out here in Yuba City for a few years, helping a group that was a traveling uh, evangelical stomp dance group. And uh, then he moved back to Texas, 
we miss him and uh, but i get to connect with him every week because he makes this show all fit together and uh so thank you very much tanner uh, but it'll appear, uh, if you're new Saturday morning, it, it appears if, if you're wondering, oh yeah, how, you know, if you just caught us for the first time and you picked us up off your podcast source or no hostages, this is the routines every Saturday morning, fresh. Okay. So, uh, we also, we're out here. If you're new to us, Northern California, we're out here in Yuba County. That's one of 58 counties in California in the city of Marysville. It's actually, it's more like a town. It's not really a city. It's small. And uh, I'm broadcasting out of my house. It's quiet tonight. And uh, the natives are are going to bed, except for the tweakers, but they're not on my block tonight. Uh, you can reach me a couple ways if you want to give me a shout-out or a oh my or whatever you want to say to me. Uh, the, the email is lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. And, of course, the website is nohostagesradio.com. So you can go there and find articles that I've written as well as uh, podcasts all the way back to number one, I believe. Nohostagesradio.com. You could also uh, you could text me or dial me up at 530-713-1838, 1838 Calling me to chat with me won't work because these are all recorded and then cleaned up, put on the uh, internet. But you can text me and you can uh, give me a shout out or uh, as some are more and more are, are doing. They have things that that kind of come to their mind, like, oh, you, Lou should look at this, or Lou, you should look at this. So they should on me and send me stuff that I should look at, and maybe I'd want to include it in the show, which I really appreciate. In fact, one guy that I, I added a clip that he sent to me, I said, now you're, we, we uh, are now adding you as one of our poorly paid staff. So we have some volunteers that really never officially volunteered. They just send stuff over and it's very helpful to me because i don't it's just me and i uh i don't have uh the time of two or three people or four people so having other people looking at things is great so if you want to send me something great if you just want to tell me to f off honestly you won't be the first won't be the last so have at it if that makes you feel good maybe it's kind of like masturbation for you or something like that uh, you could actually do better by getting your own life, getting your own lady. Uh, but, uh, if you need to do that, that's fine. Let's see one other thing. Oh, I will also do a live show now live with Lou also on Saturday mornings. But if you're out in another state, like some of you are, uh, the, the way to listen to that, there's a way to go to a website and then you can link to the radio station and listen live, uh, in real time. So if you go to live, L-I-V-E, 365, just the numerics, 365, live365.com, and then you just click on on when it says radio, what, what you want, radio, and then it'll give you a little box to put in the, the letters K-M-Y-C, K-Mickey-Y-C. And then whatever's playing then, if it's me, it'll be me. Uh, if something else, whatever, you're, you're going to get whatever's, whatever you can got. So... Uh, I'm on on KMYC on left coast time from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Saturday. 
So both both uh, productions show up at the same time, essentially. We're using some similar material in each one, but sometimes there's two days between when we do this podcast and when I, when I do the live uh, radio. So sometimes we do new stuff. We, new stuff pops up, and I think, oh, I'm going to do that. That's This is more important than that was. So, uh, all right, uh, let's see. Okay, I think I did it. No hostages radio. Okay, well, let's go. Uh, we do, tw- th- uh, let's see, uh, let me explain this to you. We do uh, six 20-minute clips here. So we'll do a 60-minute segment. We'll take about five or six-minute break in which I've loaded uh, a bunch of clips that I want you to listen to because they're smarter folks than I am, and I I watch for things that I think will equip you. This is an equipping broadcast. I'm not trying to entertain you. If you are, hey, uh, as a comedian once said, uh, Joan Rivers once said, if you can cause a person to laugh, uh, that's kind of like a mini, M-I-N-I, vacation. So if I can cause you to, to laugh during times like this, it's kind of like a mini vacation, but that's not the purpose of the show. I'm not here to be a comedian. I'm really here to uh, simply try to equip you and uh, to deal with the times we're in as Americans. So I don't think I have many foreign listeners. I think I might have a few. Uh, but mainly I'm speaking to America uh, and the people in the various states throughout America to uh, take a stand and take your place on the wall uh, as watchmen and watch women uh, as the founding fathers would have been proud of us when, when they think of us as, as doing what they said would maintain this country so that's that's really the reason i'm doing this um that's it there's no money in it in fact it costs me money so i'll talk about some of the people that are joining me in this partnership to make this available to people later uh but i wanted to start off by reading something i thought was very fascinating i spent a lot of time in china i still have a china visa good till Oh, about three or four more years, I had a 10-year visa, and then they began to close the borders for what I was trying to do. I couldn't get through with what I was doing. So, uh, in fact, I just talked to somebody the other day and said, hey, is, can I fly to China? Because I thought, hey, if I haven't got anything going, I'll fly to China and just hang out for a while And uh, because I have a visa. <clears throat> but I haven't sorted out the plane flights, uh, But but at least I don't need a visa, which is no small thing to get. But, uh, in fact, I just met someone, I met a lady that's a Chinese lady, and so we've been commiserating about China lately. Uh, I want to read this to you. It says, I once had a friend who grew up in China ask me why so many Americans watch the news. Now, that's an interesting, you know, when people come from other countries, they look at you different than the way you look at yourselves. And maybe when you go to another country, you look and you wonder, why do people do what that? Right. That habit. So the guy or gal says, I once had a friend who grew up in China ask me why so many Americans watch the news. Confused, I asked, what do you mean? She responded, well, in China, no one watches the news because we all know it's propaganda. I guess Americans haven't figured that out yet. Among the moments that completely changed my paradigm on life, this was one of them. Now, I quit really watching the media in 1987 and uh, mainly because I got rid of a television and I just didn't watch television anymore and I did other things instead 
So, uh, but I think this is, this statement is a huge change. It's a huge change. And I have told people, people said, Lou, what, how can I figure out what's going on? You say all these things and I'm, and I'm, and I'm over here, you're over there. I said, the problem you're having is you're listening. It's kind of like trying to get healthy, but sipping on poison every day, just a little bit, you eat healthy, but then you take a little bitty swig of poison. That's what mainstream media is to your brain. It's poison and it's indoctrinating you and it really works. It's a wonderful indoctrination tool. So uh, if they tell you to jump, you just say, okay, or how high or whatever, whatever. You've heard all those cliches. I'm just saying to you, uh, there was a lady that uh, at one time I was experimenting with foods, not cooking, but but what was the best food for the body? So I was studying all these books on how to heal yourself by eating right and, and things and not using modern medicine. And uh, there was books written like the titles was like Eat Right to Be Fit or You Are What You Eat. Now, I like that title, You Are What You Eat, because you are what you put in your brain. You are what you put in your brain. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on all the different philosophers, including Jesus and different ones that said, you are what you put in their brain. But I'll just leave that there. The first thing you need to do if you want to figure out what's going on in the world is quit. Just take the TV out or unplug it and just plug it in when you want to watch a special video or something. And then I could give you other things. In fact, I've been giving you a lot of things to look at or connect to along the way is. Uh, along the way. So uh, the other thing I like is this Mike Ginsburg. He's a medical doctor. He says, because I'm an MD and I wear a doctor's stethoscope, I have something very important to say. So I'll say it publicly through my training and career. Nurses have been my hands, my eyes, and my ears. They've caught my sleepy addled mistakes at 3 a.m. When I was an exhausted house officer, they have been valuable members of our team and advocates for our patients. Every time I have run to a bedside to help save a life, it was because a nurse called me there. I remember being sent on a NICU, that's natal ICU, on, on a NICU transport from another hospital. I was so terrified I wouldn't know what to do if something went wrong. But I had an experienced nurse with me. She knew what to do. Do you know why I'm a physician and not a nurse? Because I'm not brave enough to be a nurse. So for all the nurses out there, I stand with you. And I just wanted to give a shout out as well uh, through my work over the years for about 30 years. It was a chaplain and, and uh, you know, trauma, trauma intervention guy. <clears throat> I have met hundreds and hundreds of nurses. <clears throat> and the only time they were snarfy with me is when I did something wrong and they didn't like it. And so they pulled me up short. In fact, the first one was a, Viet- a nurse veteran of Vietnam. And uh, so I have huge respect for nurses. And I have been really uh, frustrated, ashamed, saddened, pissed off at medical facilities after they have sucked the life out of these nurses for 10, 15, 20 years, worked them overtime disrespected them, uh, didn't give them a thanks. I've had so many nurses say that the administration of the hospital doesn't give a damn about us. 
They never even come to the ER, never brought us pizza, never done a thing for us. And uh, so we used to, as a church, Glad Tidings, we used to bring in food to the uh, the hospital workers at the ER, and it was always appreciated because no one else did that. And so I, I just wanted to give a shout-out to the nurses and the many that are leaving the profession or at least leaving their jobs because uh, they've been kicked to the curb after they have worked heroically uh, because they won't take a jab that's going to kill them or make them really sick and unable to work. An untested jab. In fact, it's a chemical poison. And the, eventually, I think we'll get to the point where we'll be able to try and hang. I hope they hang people. Uh, shooting people's fine. I hope they don't put them in prison. I think they just want to have take them out, try them, find them guilty, and hang them, including the hospital administrators who have been compromising the health of our community by taking money and then telling people they they will not they will not treat them with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and uh, a budesonide and all those kind of things that are really working and keep people out of the hospital, but instead are given ranesivir and putting them on the ventilator and killing them. I'm going to talk about that. How many, what the percent of people put on the vent are, are, are surviving. But I just want to say to you, all you medical people out there, you need to come to court and you need to be held accountable for ripping off our neighbors and our friends in your hospitals, even in, and shame on you Adventist hospital on your website. You need to remove Jesus Christ out of your website. Any reflection, any allusion to Jesus Christ and his principles, please just delete those parts. Just re you'll be fine. You'll be like all the others. I thought the Adventist health people were a cut above when they came to town. But please just go in, have your web designer go in and just scrub out all that spiritual stuff because you ain't got it, baby. You like swung and threw the bat all the way into the stands. You swung and missed big time. You suck over there is what you do. You you suck. And so as far as I'm concerned, one, you're killing people. Those ICUs are a killing center. Number two, you're firing nurses that gave their the best years of their life to you, best years of your life, and many times without a thanks. And so now you're telling them if they don't take a jab or they can come on their knees begging with a religious exemption. And then, then they have to like, oh, well, then they still have to wear a mask and they have to... Uh, they have to do some sort of testing at home and all that stuff. You're just jerking people around. We know it. It's unlawful. You're violating their employee rights. It has nothing to do with health. If you don't understand that, you don't be belong in the health field. And if you do understand it, you are a criminal and you should be over there in a pod in, in uh, Yuba County Jail. That's in the single cell area, not in B pod, because you are killing people. That's a pod or D-pod, not in B-pod or C-pod that are community tanks. You need to be in a single cell by yourself because that's what you've done. I've been spending lots of time on, on watching YouTube videos of the trials and the, and the upcoming to the trials and discussing nurses and lawyers and doctors and criminal army officials that they held accountable and uh, prosecuted and put in prison 
or ended their life because their their crimes are so egregious. Let me tell you what. What you have done to the people of our community, including the supervisors of our county who have led the way with Dr. Mingala Fong Lu, you deserve to be punished. You, you don't deserve to be not elected again. That's not good enough to be rejected by the voters. You deserve for running people out of business, for them killing themselves, for them going back and reoffending or, or reusing and overdosing. On and on for for uh, devouring households, forcing people to stay indoors, all that stuff, destroying family after family, business after business. There is no uh, punishment uh, other than severe punishment. No, like, oh, yeah, well, we don't want him as a supervisor anymore. No, that's not good. You walk away with your $90,000 a year and your retirement. No, 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 no. That ain't good enough. So anyway, a shout out to the nurses. There's a uh, this is how disgusting and perverted these people. When I you know, when I there's a picture of Michael Moore, Elizabeth Warren and and Bernie uh, here. And they're they're discussing income inequality between the three of them. They have 13 homes and a combined worth of $61 million. And these guys are liberals who lecture. Sorry, who lecture. I thought I lost my mind here. My, I thought I was off something who lecture the rest of us on income inequality. And they are some of the richest people in our land, but they're trying to lecture us on how we need to redistribute our income. It's just, it's just, the whole thing is totally crazy. Now I want to, uh, let me see. I just got a minute or so left. And, uh, before we take our first break, um, oh, let me just say that if anyone is losing their job, people are being fired left and right today. And other people are being told they're going to be fired. So I want to just mention red balloon dot work, red balloon R-E-D, all one word, B-A-L-L-O-O-N, dot work. It's a new site put together by a techie from Silicon Valley, and they are connecting employers who value freedom with employees who value freedom as well. And they want a world beyond cancel, cancel, cancel culture where employees are free to work without fear that they will find themselves on the wrong side of their employer's politics. That's it. No agendas, politics, or drama, just work interested let's create the world together just go to that website redballoon.work their mission or you can also go to an email you can email ceo the words the letter ceo at redballoon.work and their mission is to unite a community of business and job seekers who value and preserve the freedom to work so that uses our time efficiently and we're coming up to a break just hang in there if you're new i i got some clips coming right up tanner will dial them right in tight so there's no pauses uh, thank you so much be right back First order of business will be an address by Colonel Harry Burwell of the Continental Army. Colonel Burwell. You all know why I'm here. 
I'm not an orator, and I would not try to convince you of the worthiness of our cause. I'm a soldier, and we are at war. From Philadelphia, we expect a declaration of independence. Eight of the 13 colonies have levied money in support of a continental army. I ask that South Carolina be the ninth. Massachusetts and Virginia may be at war, but South Carolina is not. This is not a war for the independence of one or two colonies, but for the independence of one nation. And, uh, yes, what nation is that? An American nation. There is no such nation, and to speak of one is treason. We are citizens of an American nation, and our rights are being threatened by a tyrant 3,000 miles away. Would you tell me, please, Mr. Howard, why should I trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away? (laughs) An elected legislature can trample a man's rights as easily as a king can. The preamble to the American Constitution begins with the phrase, we the people. But could the people of America be counted on to do the right thing all or even most of the time? The principal architect of the Constitution, James Madison, gave this question a great deal of thought. His answer was a decided no. Whenever there's an interest and power to do wrong, he said, wrong will generally be done. For his new nation, Madison wanted as much freedom as possible with as little government as possible. But he had no illusions. Tyranny, he knew, comes in many forms. It's not confined to monarchies and dictatorships. In democratic society, the threat of tyranny comes from the people themselves. The founders call this the tyranny of the majority. The majority will, if it can, put its own interests above those of the minority and generally not hesitate to deprive it of its rights and freedoms. This is why Madison was preoccupied with the problem of what he called factions, the word he used for any kind of organized pressure group. Madison deemed both minority and majority factions dangerous, yet of the two types of factions, he considered a majority faction to be more dangerous. Why? Because minority factions can be curbed by the power of the majority. But who will curb the majority? This is the central purpose of the Constitution to limit, frustrate, and in some cases block majority rule. As Madison put it, the great task was to devise a document that would first enable the government to control the governed, and in the next place, oblige it to control itself. How to do this? Madison had a plan. First, the Constitution had to be written down. We're so accustomed today to national constitutions that we need to remember that prior to the American Constitution, no country in the world had one. And since the adoption of the U.S. Constitution, many countries have had constitutions that came and went, some lasting just a few years. Yet the American Constitution has now endured for nearly two and a half centuries. The original document was written on four pieces of parchment and is 4,543 words long. Its remarkable brevity perfectly matches its purpose, to create a framework for limited government. To Madison, this meant that the authority of the federal government should cover certain listed or enumerated areas. Outside those areas, the government has no authority. 
Second, the rights of the citizens had to be spelled out. That's why the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, known as the Bill of Rights, contain a series of limitations on government. The rights in the Bill of Rights typically begin, Congress shall make no law. Congress shall make no law restricting free speech or freedom of the press or the free exercise of religion. Third, the concept of representative government had to be clearly defined. Representative government means that the people do not rule directly. They rule by electing representatives who govern in their stead. Madison counted this practice, a radical departure from the direct democracy of the ancient Athenians, as the distinguishing mark between democracy and a republic. A large and extended society, Madison argued, can function effectively only as a republic. And a republic is a much better guard against tyranny of the majority than a democracy, in which, by definition, the majority can do whatever it wants. Fourth, the power within the government must be divided. The Constitution separates power between an elected legislature charged with making laws, an elected executive charged with enforcing them, and an appointed judiciary empowered with resolving legal disputes. A further division happens between the national government and the states, so that some powers are exercised at the national level, others at the state and local level. Fifth, mutual oversight checks and balances was necessary to restrain the power of the individual branches. Because Madison understood how easy it is for a country to devolve into tyranny, he ensured that each of the three branches of the government act as a check on the power of the other two. Congress has the power to make laws, but the president can veto them, and vetoes can be overridden only by congressional supermajorities. The president and his executive branch enforce the laws, but there is congressional and judicial oversight. The judiciary interprets the Constitution and the laws, but judges are nominated by the president and confirmed by the Senate. This is not a complete list, but it gives a clear picture of Madison's ambition to give America a political system that would promote freedom by making it very hard for the human appetite for power over others to ever be realized. He succeeded thus far. I'm Dinesh D'Souza for Prager University. Okay, second segment. Today, uh, I noticed on social media, uh, one of these apps, that uh, there was a lot of discussion about a local school in town, and, and we're in the Yuba County, Sutter County area, so it could be Marysville, Yuba City, Wheatland, East Nicholas, you know, they've got a lot of little townships or small little towns. So... <clears throat> I got a phone call to explain it to me, and what happened was there's a little school district called Britain School, and I think it's its own little district, in fact. It's in Sutter County, and it, it's a feeder school that eventually they get people over into Sutter High School. <clears throat> so a child came home, I think it's a female, sixth grader, and she told her mom and dad that uh, the teacher told them that they needed to get the vaccine. And uh, the mom became concerned and began calling people. Uh, and so 
it has it's it's care it's gaining a life of its own right now in the community now i want you to think about it we just had a situation in natomas california which is just south of where i'm sitting about 45 minutes where a teacher was spending 180 days out of the year uh propagandizing his students to become marxist and explaining to them how evil the united states was and racist and horrible and sexist and everything else and poisoning the kids against their parents. And uh, once he was outed by Project Veritas, he became a little pussy and went on, went on TV and played the victim. When and actually he's been abusing kids for years and the school system let him get away with it. So I want, I want you to think about something. <clears throat> My position is that, and I'm not, not going to shit on you, you do whatever you want to do. That's, a, that's what America's all about. Let me tell you what my position is. I think school should work their fingers to the bone to equip kids uh, in the basics on how to, it's kind of like moms teach their children when they're little kids how to feed themselves, that when a kid can finally take a spoon and get, get part of what he scoops into his mouth and maybe the rest goes on the floor, it's a big day. And the more he gets in his mouth, it's a big day. And then eventually he's getting it all in his mouth, right? They're, they're learning to feed themselves. So if mom dropped dead and the kid's sitting in his high chair or passed out, the kid would end up finishing his, his uh, yogurt or whatever he's, he was digging into. School really is preparing people how to feed themselves intellectually and how to get some basic understandings going, like how to read how to uh, how to write, how to do math. In other words, there's some basic skills that really help you get along in the world, no matter what occupation or maybe maybe you're maybe you're wealthy already, and all you want to do is enjoy life. So knowing how to read, where you can feed yourself, write, communicate with others, uh, and do math is, are some basic things that everybody needs to do. Now, you can add on to that lots of stuff, right? Critical thinking is a real par important part. Taking a problem or taking sides to an issue and sorting out what you think the, uh, the best the answer is from your perspective. Some things have a lot of different perspectives. But what's happened in our school systems is they've been, become propaganda or dogma centers where kids are really turned against America and turned against their families and teachers have and administrators and the union have become very arrogant that they don't need the families and actually the families are pain in the rear and get in the way and they have a they have a disdain uh, for the family for the parents and so when they close that door no matter what they swore to do or they committed to do as a teacher. They do their own thing inside that classroom. Many do. Others, I'm not speaking about everybody. But I'm speaking about the ones who get away with it. And are allowed to do with it. Like Gabriel Guype down in Natomas, California. Now, I, now, there's been stories, all kinds of stories of like, I don't believe schools should do any kind of sex ed. It's entirely a parental deal whether they want to do any or not. Just because some parents don't want to do it or they're too embarrassed to do it doesn't give the school a right to teach the values of the school system. They are not the values of the 
parent in many cases. That's out of bounds as far as I'm concerned. And the teacher doesn't have a right to teach their perspective on the history of the United States. They don't have a right to do that. If, they, if they're communist or, or if they're super liberal, they need to teach the facts about the, the, the uh, history of the United States. And the teachers don't have a right. And even though the California code is probably going to tell them to get into talking about genders, they don't have a right to do that to kids. I'm talking about a moral right. And so uh, and they don't have a, a they don't have a right to take a kid down and have an abortion done. And that's happened before. Take a kid down and without a, a permission of their parents or put them on birth control pills. That's out of bounds. Big time. And the fact that they're doing it or they get away with it or don't even talk about it's the law. Don't even go there. It's been the law that the Jews would be murdered. It's been the law that that we could trade black people. We could buy and sell black people. It was okay to inject black men with syphilis and convince them we were treating them for syphilis and watch them suffer and die. Listen, we have a, a we the problem in America isn't political parties, it's sin. It's wickedness. Took 20 what it take 25 years for that fellow down at, at the school elementary school in LA to get caught as a pedophile. Teachers do not have a right to meddle in the value systems of our, of our families. And there's lots of different value systems, but they do not have a right. If they want to teach character, great. Teachers do not have a right to teach medicine. Now, I had a situation where I took the Little League, uh, I think it was out in Sutter, but it was lots of Little Leagues that, uh, that were forcing kids to wear masks. Entirely... Uh, Horrible for people, medical doctors. In fact, there's a clip on today. Listen to the clip later. A a doctor speaks three minutes about what the damage masks do to kids. I spoke about it, and Dan Flores and the Sutter County Supervisor made a big, tried to make political points on it. He had so little regard for the children involved, and the masks, he thought I was just making a political hit on it. I didn't want kids to wear masks anywhere, anytime. And I didn't think Little League should enforce it, nor should I, do I believe schools did. You know that schools are such prostitutes, school administrators, and school boards, that they actually will put masks on kids if you pay them to do it. They would probably hook kids up and have sex at the school if they paid them enough money or give blowjobs over there. These people are sick. On the school boards. You think, oh, they're just making bad decisions. Oh, well, they just don't know what they're doing. No, they're sick. They're sick in the head. When people do not have a moral compass, which is based in the Bible, when they do not have a moral compass, they do not know how to make a decision. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when you start saying that you're going to take money from the state of California if and 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 therefore if you take that money then you're going to mask every kid 
Doesn't matter whether their health is bad. And you don't take the time to look at the science as a board member. I think you ought to be held accountable, tried, and hung for the, for the damage you're doing those kids. Ain't exaggerating. Listen, you need to study what happened at the Nuremberg trials, and you need to study what they did to the all kinds of people in Germany. It wasn't just the Jews. We're talking about, you have no idea what you're talking about in these schools. Let me just help you with this. During the 1930s and 40s, Germany was the premier country in the world, far higher than the United States. Americans were going to Germany to study medicine, to study philosophy, to study theology. They were the brainiacs. They were at the top of the world class. And how in the world did they end up injecting kids that were Down syndrome or had a cleft palate or a short leg or seemed to be like what they used to call spastic or a little slow? How did they get there? Oh, they got there with joy. Just like you guys sit over that Marysville Joint Unified, Yuba City Joint Unified, Wheatland, or whatever you are, and you vote to mask up kids, and and parents are left bewildered thinking, well, I guess they're trying to save them life. They aren't. They're doing it to get money. Just like the Board of Supervisors sold their fellow citizens, people that voted for them, down the river, closed their businesses, went, caused them to go broke. To get money. In fact, when Randy Mitchell at the uppercuts in Marysville was raided by the Marysville Police Department and they were going to arrest him in the beginning and then they finally cited him. Do you think the city council ran over there to like offer support? And then the other day, five consumer affairs detectives or private investigators show up from Fresno and and uh, assaulted every shop of Randy's. Cited two people, took one to the Yuba County Jail. This is what's going on in our country and lots more. And it's just like what happened in, in, in Nazi Germany. And the school system and the politicians at the local level and all up the line, city council people are all paid off. Everybody's paid off. And so what's happening here is, is we got a teacher over there in the sixth grade, Wesley Schenken, S-C-H-E-N-K-E-N, who is telling the students they better get over and get vaccinated. Now, listen, when did Wesley Schenken, is he a medical doctor? And even if he was he may not be this child's medical doctor. And what business does he have giving medical advice to kids in school? Maybe some of those people, some of those parents don't believe that they should, they don't want to, vac- they don't want to vaccinate their kids at all, period. What business does he have in doing that? That's what's going on behind closed doors. A teacher giving medical advice so the child comes home and tells the parents, hey, well, my teacher says such and such. Now, here's the interesting thing. I don't know what it's like now for kids going to school. I can tell, I remember the, the one example when my son came home from, he was in elementary school and learning math, the basics of math. 
and came home and I was looking over his homework one night with him just while he was doing it, just sitting there with him watching. And I, and I, I commented on a couple of uh, decisions he made and he says, no, this is exactly how uh, Mr. So-and-so told me to do it. And I said, yeah, I know Mr. So-and-so. I like Mr. So-and-so, but the fact is I, I don't know all, all math, but this math I know. And I know that this isn't correct, bud. No, 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 dad. Uh, this is how, this is how he told us to do it. I know this is right. Well, because I'm dad, I knew better. But my boy had so much respect for the teacher and so much awe for his authority that he was brilliant in this area. And I don't believe he probably told him wrong. I think my son just misunderstood it. That's how much power that teachers have or football coaches, baseball coaches. They, they're huge to kids. And we could go on down the line. Sometimes it's, it's their youth pastor. What I'm telling you is that teachers never have a right to give medical counsel to children under any circumstance. You should keep their big mouth shut. I don't care whether, whether they are a Joe Biden fan. I don't care what they are. I don't care they're liberal, conservative, middle-of-the-road communists. Keep your mouth shut or quit or start your own little school, the inoculation school. People like this should be fired. We're talking about monkeying around with the values and the beliefs of the family. They got no right. They weren't hired to do that. They were hired to teach some basic skills to these kids in the sixth grade. That's what they're hired to do. Stacy Kalin is the principal of Britain School. Listen, people, me telling you about it ain't going to do jack diddly. If you got a kid in Britain School and you care about that, you need to raise some hell. And that is calling them, showing up at the board meeting, and making some demands on them. It's your school. Well, you've been fooled to think that it's somebody else's school, the state school. In fact, I heard of somebody the other day, uh, the Board of Supervisors, somebody was saying they made some decisions. You became the Board of Supervisor, and, and the, uh, the school sy- system came up as a pointed topic. Oh, we don't have anything to do with that. That's under the authority of, like, the state of California. Listen, those are your schools. There is no state if all the people are gone. There is no state. You are the, 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 the concepts. This isn't in the, the Bill of Rights or the Declaration of Independence. I believe it's out of the Gettysburg Address of other people, by the people, for the people. But that has been embraced as the, as the spirit of our country since that time. You maybe have abdicated or through your passivity, just let everybody do whatever they want to do and use that as a babysitting operation over there. But you need to take control of schools. If that means at some point you have a meltdown and you have to get rid of the state of California, just take that school rogue. Or maybe you need to just pull your kids out. At some point, reform measures well you know i've told people this before your kids are only in the third grade for several months your kids are only in the fourth grade for several months if they have a horrible experience 
or are, are manipulated like with a, a Gabriel Guype or a Wesley Schenken. That is not th- that that's your fault, baby. You need to go in there and figure out what's going on. You need to go in there and check out what's on the on the walls of these schools. Shame on that Natomas principal who who just let this Gabriel guy, he had all kinds of funky stuff on the walls of his. It's like, hey, all I would need to do is walk into these teachers classroom and I could see some some uh, red flag signs. If that if that if that Wesley Schenken had done that to my kid, I w- that kid would my child would not be in that school anymore in that in, at least in that teacher's class anymore. It'd be out of there. Are you kidding me? Why am I going to wait for months and years for them to fire Wesley Schenken? And my kid, it's my kid. You got the kid once. This guy may live for a long time. Just get your kid out. Why would you put up with that? Same way these people went through the terrible indoctrination of Gabriel Guype from the Thomas School District. They called it Intercom or whatever down there. So he tells the sixth graders they need to get the shot. Forget about it. I want to talk about, I'm going to start talking about it. We got about a minute and a half left. So I talked about this, I think, on the, well, I did talk about it at the, at the radio show last week and because I came across it after we did this show. I still can't believe this is entirely true, but I, I just, nobody is, is like saying, Hey, 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 you know, how when somebody, when it's endorsement time, politics and endorsement time, and somebody, somebody will print a list of people and say, I got Joe Doke, the Ragman's endorsement. And yet he said, Hey, wait a minute. I'm voting for the other guy. And so people, they get some pushback like, Hey, Hey, I didn't give you permission to use my name. So when I look at all this letter, this letter, endorsing vaccines that are killing people as we speak. They're dropping dead. Bunches of them are dropping dead every day. Never in the history of the United States nor the world have have, uh, vaccines ever caused anything close. I mean, if vaccines caused 20 or 30 deaths, they would shut the whole thing down immediately or a bunch of uh, illness. They would shut it down. 1976, they shut it down in 90 days, but it already done like 4,000. They had 4,000 lawsuits. A bunch of, a couple dozen people died, but a lot of people were paralyzed by that swine flu shot. We literally have 50, 60, 100,000 people have died in America. I'm going to talk about this letter from the local doctors when we come back. is Hackle Smith. I work at the CDC and I'm in charge of making stuff up, specifically making up new health mandates. Here at the CDC, we have strict scientific processes for how we determine what guidelines to give the public to keep them safe and controlled. Passport mandates are the latest health campaign we're pushing to control people. In our view, creating two classes of citizens keeps everyone safe because it keeps everyone divided. And that's purely based on the latest science. Some people don't understand how science works. Therefore, they get mad at us for making contradicting recommendations. What people need to realize is science changes. Good science moves in a zigzag circular pattern that backtracks on itself. 
In spite of having no actual lab at our facility, wearing a lab coat is one of the most important parts of the job. We find wearing one boosts compliance with our arbitrary yet very precise mandates by 65% because of science. Our most recent analysis to see if masks are currently effective against the virus is almost complete. As you can see, the most up-to-date research shows masks are still necessary. And you can't argue with the science. With the CDC, our mission statement is because of science. It's never led us wrong. And we find it increases the trust in our mandates through emotional persuasion because of science. This is the office espresso machine. I visit it a couple times a day to get perked up so I can do my best work. You know, the public safety isn't to be taken lightly. Carl, is the espresso machine broken? No. Well, it's not working. I think something's wrong with it. Is it on? Yes, it's on. Are you sure? Dude, positive. Good. I'm glad it's not broken because I need a little energy. I got an important meeting coming up. We'll be deciding if it's safe for children to go to school or not. You know, like the fate of the future rests on this one. Looks like it's not going to be safe for kids to learn until 2024. People have been criticizing us a lot lately for reinstituting mask mandates and lockdowns as they claim they don't work. They say it's insanity to do the same thing over and over again while expecting a different result. But we don't look at it as insanity at all. We look at it as persistence. Like if LeBron James takes a last second shot to try to win the game and it doesn't go in, like, would you expect him to not take this shot in the next game just because it didn't go in in the last game? That would be insane. Accordingly, we're mandating that everyone do everything that didn't work the first time based on the chance that it might work this time. Yeah, before I got this job, I was driving an Uber and selling Molly at festivals. Then I heard the CDC was looking for scientists. And I said, scientists? feels like who I truly am inside. Then I filled out an application, and in spite of having no qualifications and spelling CDC wrong on the job application, I got the job. Right now the Delta variant's going around, and pretty soon there's gonna be an even more varied variant than that. Carl, do we know what the next variant's gonna be? The leprosy variant's next. Sounds scary. You're gonna wanna watch out for that one because of science. Oh, so just this side is sticky. <laughs> the old paradigm of science had it that you would have to have proof, evidence, and peer review in order to show your methods are valid before implementing them with the public. But we found that old paradigm of science was rooted in systemic racism. All it ever got us was believing in dangerous misinformation, like the earth is flat, women pee out of a third hole, and that humans have an immune system. But in the new paradigm, science is more of an art than a science, as it should be. And that leaves the science to being open and inclusive to all possibilities, not just the ones that exist in objective reality. We've found, coincidentally enough, 100% of true and scientifically valid information causes the public to go into a fear response. And on the other hand, we find any piece of information that could contribute to improving someone's health has zero correlation to truth, and therefore should be avoided, as it's nothing but misinformation. We're about to have an all hands on deck meeting to figure out how we can best educate people on how scared they should be of climate change. Now, doesn't this feel more scientific? The CDC 
We like to help people understand that if they follow our contradicting mandates, then eventually we'll give them their freedoms back. If everyone would just get the shot, you can take off the mask and go back to normal. But now that many have gotten the shot, it's clear it's just not enough. So you'll need to keep wearing the mask before things can go back to normal and get the boosters. And by the way, things are never gonna go back to normal. This is the new normal. And now you also gotta show your papers which the Nazis proved was effective science. At the CDC, we're proud to bring the same drive for innovation and helpfulness that you get at the DMV and their recommendations for how you should live your My name is Dr. Kevin Stillwagon. My address is 205 Dolphin Point, Clearwater Beach, Florida. I am a property owner and a taxpayer in Orange County. You are making some really bad decisions based on fear of a virus that has about a 99% survival rate for most of us. That is unsubstantiated fear. So let me give you a couple of things to truly be fearful about. That mask that you keep insisting that people wear decreases the amount of oxygen in your lung tissue. We now know that this virus uses something called a furin cleavage site to merge with your lung tissue to infect you and it works better with decreased oxygen. And peer-reviewed research clearly shows that wearing a mask increases your chances of developing an upper respiratory infection 13 times more than a person not wearing a mask. So I would stop wearing a mask immediately if I were you. Secondly, this shot that you insist on people getting gives you absolutely no protection against infection. It is the innate immune system that protects you from infection by using dendritic cells, T cells, and natural killer cells without antibodies ever becoming involved. This shot has one goal, and that goal is to make antibodies. These antibodies circulate inside of you and cannot prevent an infection. They can only react to something that has already gotten inside of you. They cannot keep something out. The shot decreases the ability of your innate immune system to keep viruses out by 60%. And a booster shot will reduce it even more. Even worse, the antibodies that are created by this shot can no longer neutralize variants and actually enhance the virus' ability to infect you. It should be painfully obvious to you by now that fully vaccinated people are getting sick. And this will continue to get worse if you keep trying to jab people while a virus is trying to spread. The variants are emerging from the vaccinated population. This so-called vaccine is still being administered on what's called an emergency use authorization. It is not FDA approved. The FDA approved a biological licensing application for a product called Comirnaty. The application was approved, not the product. Comirnaty is not available in the United States. Therefore, by law, you cannot force people to take this drug without informed consent and without animal trials to prove that it is safe. 
Mayor Demings, please look at me. You, sir, are in violation of the United States Constitution and the Nuremberg Code. You will be held accountable. Good day. All right, I'm going to talk about this letter. It showed up on Facebook. I don't know whether it came across anywhere else. It said the following letter regarding COVID-19 vaccinations was released today by the Yuba Sutter Calusa Medical Society. Now, I don't know how many doctors are in that society, whether it's everybody. <clears throat> and I'm going, to, I'm going to rattle off these. There's probably 20 or 30, 30 maybe, doctors' names here. But then they throw in all the Sutter North doctors as a as a category and all that the Adventist health doctors at a category. I thought, now that ain't that's just a lie. I'm not going to believe that. <clears throat> so it says September 24th. Dear Yuba Sutter inclusive counties. I- I'm going to stop every once in a while. I got to make some editorial comments here. So we are your medical providers. In fact, some of them have provided services to me. One of them, at least. You have honored us by entrusting your lives to us as well as the lives of your loved ones. We are also your neighbors, your friends, and your relatives. We share with you a deep love for this region and our communities. So far, so good, folks. I'm with them, right? Like you, we dream of a safe COVID-19-free future. Now, this is where it goes off the rails. This way, a doctor could not have written this because it's full of baloney. And there's liability when, you know, that this Nick uh, Madalena down below underneath, you know how when people post things and then people make comments, he he starts, hey, well, we have a right to have our opinion. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. These are medical professionals that people stake their lives on. People listen to me. They blow it off or they accept it or they laugh at it or they get mad at me or they get mad about it. But I'm, I'm not giving them a life and death sentence here. So they say here, we share, we, like you, we dream of a safe COVID-19 free future. Let me explain to you. I am not a doctor. I dropped out of college. But I feel like I got a COVID doctorate over the last two years. There will never be a COVID-19 free future. If you're talking about a virus-free future, there is no such thing. Viruses live forever. COVID-19 is a term that is a crock. It's a fraud. There's no isolated illness that you could put a little circle around and saying that is it right inside that circle under the microscope. There is no such thing. And I'll challenge any doctor to show it to me. Any doctor out there. Because there's doctors a lot smarter than the people that made this list right here to say this is a fraud. But let me just say this. There are no viruses that just decide to die. So there is a co- no COVID-19 future, free future. It says, please get vaccinated. Now, this is a huge statement for all these medical doctors to put. Now, the reasons they give are just shockingly bizarre. It's, it's like they're on drugs. That's why I, I'm just... I can't imagine one of the guys that provided me a very high quality service as a doctor. 
that I have great respect for is on this list. And it's, I was as shocked as when I had a medical, my general practitioner that delivered my kids. I found out that he was an abortionist and I went in and confronted him and I was as shocked that he could kill children. He let mine live and he killed other children. That shocked me to my core. Please get vaccinated. We ask this out of sincere concern for you. Oh, baby, you guys are, you got your, you got your liability tongue just laid way out there. As for your medical providers and as people with whom you have worked, played, laughed, and cried. Honestly, people, a doctor did not write this. This is BS, big time. We must admit that we are tired. Oh, oh my God, I am so tired. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me the lack of compassion at thousands of businesses and people that lost everything they had. Doctors are some of the highest paid people in town, and I'm all for it. I do not have an ounce of jealousy in me. I think God bless you. Take all the money and fix as many people as you can. But to then tell me you're tired when we have had our kids have been out of school for a year. We have people that lost everything. They went bankrupt. And, you know, we got supervisors making $90,000 a year just yucking it up on their Tuesday morning meetings or under or their Tuesday afternoon meetings, just laughing and, oh, yeah, good. Oh, did you see the ball game last week? Oh, yeah, good ball game. Oh, did you see that movie? Oh, yeah. Well, did you, oh, you went, oh, how much fish, how many fish did you catch? And their businesses that their friends that put them into office lost everything. Some of them shot themselves in the head. Some of them laid down in front of trains. You think, oh, you're just exaggerating. I know people personally don't be doing that to me. He says, we are tired. We are tired of the suffering and the pain and the death that can be avoided by getting vaccinated. You guys are liars, liars. You're liars. You're saying that you you avoid by getting vaccinated. Vaccinations are killing people. You are full of baloney. Even you're the most stupid doctors I've ever met in my life. Or you're liars and you're doing that because you want to get the money. The money will keep flowing to you. You can't. Let me ask you. I know all kinds of doctors that believe just the opposite of what these doctors are saying, and they won't stand up. You know why they won't stand up? Because they think they are going to lose their medical license from the state of California. It's interesting because Randy Mitchell, who used to be homeless, he gave up his licenses to be a barber and because he had a hundred and some people dependent on like we're talking spouses, barbers, children that were dependent on the money coming out of his four or five outlets. He turned in his licenses. He didn't worry about losing his license. He said, keep your damn license. Some people that know this is wrong. They know it's killing people. They know mass is wrong and they're doctors and they could stand up and make a difference. And they don't. Don't tell me about tired. Don't do tired for me. People digging ditches get tired. People working those 16-hour shifts, nurses get tired. 
We are tired of the suffering and pain. Listen, it's been going on since the beginning of time. People suffer in our hospitals from all kinds of things every single day. Why don't you put, why don't we do a dashboard for those suffering for cancer, diabetes, cardiopulmonary, addiction? We never talk about that. We don't talk about all those suffering from syphilis and gonorrhea because a health department would not do the proper tracking. They say, we have studied, come on, people, this is like you're hanging, you guys all may just go out and buy nooses at the hardware store. You Hang yourself. Go out and hang yourself off a tree in the backyard. We have studied the data. What data? We have studied what data? You have defrauded our communities by saying that people that got hit by a truck died of, died of COVID. An 81-year-old person with half a heart, half a lung died of COVID. Come on, people. You shoved these sticks up people's noses and said with a PCR test, 94, 95% false positive. You keep adding up all that. Oh, you just wanted to jack up, man. Get as many COVID cases as you could get going. Confuse people. Cause people to pee their pants. They were so afraid. We have studied the data and we have seen the benefits of the vaccination. Oh my goodness, I can't even believe they said this. The vaccinated people, Israel is the highest vaccinated percentage of anybody in the world, over 70%, and their hospitals are loaded with sick vaccinated people. The vaccinated people are giving COVID to other people because of the vaccine. You don't have to you don't have to study it all people. You just I'm telling you these this is so full of baloney. We have studied the data and we've seen the benefits of vaccination with our own eyes. My friend 29 gave in and took the vac- vaccine. You know what he died of? The damaged his blood system, the platelets. He died basically of leukemia because they injected him. He was healthy as a horse. 29-year-old father with little kids. Boom. Took the vaccine. Down he went. Bad headache. Huge fever. Then he went into a coma. The, the medical people, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's just a little reaction from the, you know, just a BS. They went into a coma. Oh, is that normal, doc? Coma? You can't wake him up? Should we just, like, let him lay there for a month? Get bed sores? Is that is that the, is that the new protocol there, Dr. Uh, Mengele? Dr. Fong Lu Mengla said the vaccines, this is amazing people. This, I, I was waiting for doctors to throw a fit and complain. The vaccines are well tested. I mean, even the mainstream news says they, they aren't well tested. Do you know, you know, they say, oh, you, you remember you keep hearing there's no animal. They didn't, they said, well, we just decided to skip the animal test. You know, that's not the whole story, people. You know, the normal thing is they tested on animals for a long time. And then they turn around and they tested on humans, some humans. The animal tests, it killed all the animals. So they said, I'll forget about that and went straight to humans. But the greater fact is there are patents on the coronavirus all the way back to 2000 or 2002. The coronavirus vaccine or, or shot. Shot, excuse me. I don't care whether you believe me. I, just look up 
you're not going to find him on YouTube, but David Martin, who does the research, he's a doctor, does the research, he's on patents and tracks them for, as a business. You can just, you can get him on BitChute or Rumble, David Martin, easy. In fact, he's going to be in town uh, October 14th through the 16th at the uh, COVID, COVID con conference at Glad Tidings. This is the second time he's going to be here. He's smarter than these guys right here. The vaccines are well tested. That is a lie. They're very safe. That is a lie. They are not safe. Safe compared to what? They are like breaking all records. Does 50,000, what do you think? The flu itself kills 40, 50, 60,000 people a year. And nobody really bats an eye. But we've never killed people by injecting them. You know, it's interesting to me that they, if your name started with C, they would say you had COVID. Anybody, they could, they'd conjure up a COVID case in a hot second to get the numbers up when we were trying to prove that COVID was such a vicious thing. Now we can't, we, now when we inject people with something, like if I, if I dropped, if I went out and wanted some heroin and it had some fentanyl in it and I died, no one would say, oh, I think he was just old. He was getting old and it was his time. They would say he died of fentanyl or, or, uh, heroin right or if i dropped some kind of other chemical in my system right these guys are injecting a a crazy cocktail of chemicals in your system that is not a vaccine even the doctors say it's not a vaccine and then the person dies and they say oh well you know it's his time hank aaron healthy guy he was in his i think he was 81 80 Got his, got his shots, dead in a week. Oh, well, you know, Hank, you know, bunches of people. And they, they won't attach it. Now they're saying you really weren't, you know, they put a, a person goes to the hospital, he's sick. He's already got a shot or two, but there's not claim. They're, they're saying, oh, no, 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 no. He's really not vaccinated until he gets all the vaccination. Now, you remember the days when it was just going to be a mask and stay inside till the flat the curve flattened how many times do you need to be lied to to have them be called a liar i used to do this in juvenile hall i'd say everybody in in here that has lied raise your hand they'd all raise their hand they'd all be honest and i could do that how many of you uh smoked weed they'd all raise your hand da, 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 go down the line so then i would say okay you lied so what's what what do you call a person who lies And they said, well, it's a liar. Okay. So you're a liar. So now we have, we have the doctor, the medical community has been lying to us. The government has been lying to us. Very safe. There's no way. Let me just tell you, let me just, honestly, if you're skeptical, just go to rumble, put rumble in your browser and then click on uh, 60 minutes story on swine flu and watch that half hour deal now they had an entire meltdown during the president ford administration when they got fearful and they totally missed it and they proclaimed they're going to have a big old epidemic pandemic epidemic 
And so they made 250 million doses of this quickly done vaccine, poorly tested. And when they tested it, it was having neurological uh, damage. And you know what happened? The CDC lied about it. They caught uh, six. I'm not talking about some right wing. This is 60 minutes caught the CDC lying. And they, the guy ended up getting fired. The CDC director different than nowadays when usually you get a promote. If you lie and kill somebody, you get promoted. So after just a couple dozen deaths, but a lot of people got sick and paralyzed from neuro, neurological problems. They shut the whole thing down and threw the, threw, I don't know what they did with all those vials, but they, uh, they shut the thing down. And they wanted to inoculate every single person in the United States from newborn to almost dead. Very safe. This thing is a train wreck. You're talking about, this is bioterrorism, people. Highly, very safe, well-tested, highly effective. Effective for what? Killing people? Didn't you get suspicious when they they said the first people we're going to put in line, like, oh, we're going to give preference to this group? Who do you think that would be? The children? Kids are immune. But now they want to shoot them. Shoot them with the shot. Did it seem to you odd that they said we're going to inoculate the old people and black people? A lot of people want to get rid of old people. Let me just tell you, say that right away. And the second group that's been a target since the days of slavery have been black people once they got set free. Candace Owens said, if you could, if, if we could have not had abortion, the black community in the United States of America would be twice the size it is today. Now that's just a shame. Highly effective. I would just say highly effective at what boys and girls. Yes, and then they say this. Remember the mask? Remember the promise? Do you remember this? You've been lied to continually. You've been propagandizing. You've been watching TV. You're numb. You're apathetic. Your front part of your brain is just numb. Two weeks, mask, social distance, stand on a little X, know that stuff, can't go to school. Oh, yeah, we're, once it settles down, once, once it dies, the virus never dies. They will all be able to come out and return to Happyville again. Remember that? But now we, and then they came out and said, if we just get a vaccine, why, why is the big, in, in, it, the vaccine isn't about health. The vaccine is about making money for big pharma. They don't care about your health. They have killed so many people. Big pharma, are you kidding me? Big pharma is sterilizing and killing people left and right in brown countries. Do you, do you know that's where we test everything? We don't want to test on white people, right? Not on, not on the rich countries. We test on the poor people because they're expendable. They are. That's where we tested the pill, Puerto Rico. That's where we, that's where we, we went to sterilize as many. We did sterilization projects because they, they, they bred a lot down there and had a lot of poverty. So, that, so a lot of the rich people like Gates, the Gates-type people back in the day, they felt that the answer to poverty is to kill people. Less people, less poverty. Same way China did, less people, easier to feed them. Less poverty. Right? Did that help? One, the one-child program, and they 
they sterilized and aborted the rest of the kids, billions of kids, millions of kids. You know what changed everything? Capitalism. They started making more money. Now they got problems because they they got uh, not enough men. Or sorry, not enough women. Because they because Chinese people they would gender select, and now they got too many men, not enough women, so they they steal them from other countries. <laughs> I'm telling you, people. Did you know that both India and and China, uh, India and Africa, are suing the Gates Gavi? That's his organization, the Gates people out of sterilizing hundreds of thousands of their young girls because they put a a sterilizing agent in with their healthy vaccines. We'll be right back. Do section four here in a minute. How much is a little girl worth? That's a question we should never have to ask because the answer, it should be threaded through our society. It should be a fact we take for granted that we would never leave her stranded or worse. When she cries out, turn back just to protect those who attack her. Simone Biles, Ali Raisman, Michaela Moroni, Maggie Nichols, and hundreds of others. We are listening. Your testimony before the U.S. Senate was devastating and sickening. FBI agents were not only derelict in their duty, they chose to turn a blind eye to Nasser's abhorrent crimes. So I say to the men and women of the FBI, what perversion of justice within your own minds made you decide not to protect the innocent? Instead, you put yourself on the line to protect a rapist and a pedophile. Why? When these girls cried for help, when they cried for justice, you turned your backs because it was more important to you to protect yourself to protect the interests of the elite, to protect an establishment that facilitated the abuse of young girls for generations. What you did was not just a violation. It was straight exploitation. Just like Nasser exploited his access to young girls who trusted him, it was his job to protect them from injury and it was your job to protect them from predators. Instead, you conspired to betray them in the worst way. You are complicit in the abuse they received, and you must be held accountable. There cannot be a different system of justice for the elite. We have an example to set. Predators and their protectors everywhere should live in fear when, like Simone said, they see that justice is swift and severe. So how much is a little girl worth? If you say less than the cost to cover your own ass, shame on you. If you say less than your salary, less than the reputation of a powerful pedophile, shame on you. You do not belong in civilized society. How much is a little girl worth? She is worth sending predators and their protectors to prison. She is worth our time and attention. Bottom line, she is worth our protection. 
out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole. I think whatever God there may be for my unconquerable soul. Fell collective circumstance. I have not cried aloud under the bludgeonings of fate. My head is bloody, but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears, the looms but the shadow of the shade. Yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how punishment charged the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And the selection came. The selection by Dr. Mengele. And that is what we were there for in that barrack. We were all children. Nobody gave me a tattooed number because we were indispensable. We knew that there is a gas chamber. We could smell it. We could see the... Um, the smoke. We knew, I knew that people are burnt in there. I had no more feelings left. Uh, feelings that, that one has in normal life to say, oh, that would be, could I hope to have that, or would it did be wonderful? These feelings didn't exist anymore. It, it was just wiped out from me, any normal Love didn't exist anymore. It was just fear, and even fear was just nothing. It was just just a t total apathy. And um, yet, with all that, when I was, I think, twice or three times selected by Mangala, I used to pinch my cheeks, with mm. wanting to look sort of reasonably rosy. I used to pinch my cheeks. I was bare and stark naked, together with all the other girls. And um, again, in a mass of girls were walking in front of him. And there he sat in a chair. He was rather a dark man. And um, he looked quite handsome, actually. He was the only human being I could see who was, who was there in the camp, resembled normality to me. And there he sat with his stick in his hand, and he moved that from right to left. And it, we knew, I knew that meant either life or death. You knew that? I knew that. Well, on one, on one selection, he did select me, and I was put to the side. I didn't feel any fear. I didn't, didn't feel any great anxiety that I'm going to die. But as it happened, he selected me for work. And um, so perhaps I was in Auschwitz some weeks.
say about six to eight weeks, and after that, I was taken to Gusen, to this freight factory, by train, with a few girls. We were many of us. I often wonder what happened to the other girls. Perhaps they they were taken to um, to the So let me go on and get through this letter. I got a lot of other stuff to talk about, but time's passing. So we're starting the second half of the show. So these they say on this letter, which honestly, people, I wish some of them would come out and speak against it because this is baloney. The vaccines are well-tested, well, very safe, and highly effective. These are all lies. These could get you a malpractice suit and get you sued to the, to the shorts. Yes, but they say yes, but masking, they should have put but. But they said yes, or like excitedly masking. We get to continue to wear our masks. Yes, masking must continue, especially with the highly contagious Delta variant. You know where the Delta variant came from? It was injected into the people with these shots. The Delta variant came out of the shots. The highly contagious Delta variant. But nothing is important as being fully vaccinated. Listen, people, do you know that doctors get kickbacks on drugs and all these vaccines and stuff? Do you know that? You know, you pay them, the insurance pays them, and they also get kickbacks from the drug companies. That's bad juju, you know, when you're investing and trusting somebody's word like this. You trust, they say this, this is so out there. They have got their liability chin so stuck out there. You have trusted us with every other aspect of your health. Please, please, please trust us with this. Really? Really? When I got people I know that have died and, and have been a severely affected by the shot. You're talking to somebody. I don't have anybody that I know was, has been damaged by some of these other things, but I do this. Just like at one time I knew I didn't know anybody. Now I know when I hear people are leaving the state of California, I think, hey, man, my friends are leaving every month. So they say they go on and say, you trusted us with every please trust us with this. We have been this is I don't believe this. We have been immunized and have encouraged our family members to do the same. Now, this is a I want you to listen to this. We have encouraged. It didn't say their family members have got the shot. You hear that? We have been immunized and have encouraged our family members to do the same. That doesn't mean their family members are buying it, folks. And I don't believe that every one of these doctors have taken the shot. I do not believe it. And let me tell you a secret that's going on throughout the health community. People that are being mandated to take the shot and they can't get an exemption or they can't figure out how to get an exemption or they're not religious. They just go into a room with a nurse and they just squirt the shot in the sink and give them the sticker and give them the card. And that's it. And they walk out. It's behind closed doors, baby. Anything can happen back there. 
So, yep, they did do the squirt and they opened the vial and they got the certificate or they got the code off the vial. I, you know, when you make criminals of people, people make good criminals. You keep making outlaws out of good people by forcing them to do stuff that's evil. Said, we have been immunized. So I'm going to read you a list of people. I want you, next time you go to the doctor, he said, I want to see your, I want to see your card. We are not asking you to do anything that we haven't done. Listen, I don't want to do everything that some doctors have done in this community. Some doctors have molested female patients and got, got canned out of the medical profession for it. Some doctors have sold narcotics and ended up getting caught and blowing their brains out. That's happened in our community. I'm not to say we're not asking you to do anything we haven't done. Forget about, hey, what I want a doctor for, I'm not asking him what his political beliefs are, what his spiritual beliefs are. I want to know whether the dude can pop me open and put me back together again. Don't be trying to tell me, oh, well, try, why don't you just do it? Eat pasta on Monday nights and fish on Fridays. Hey, screw that. Just fix me. Just be a doctor. Why don't you stay out of my personal business? Why don't you? We're not asking you to do anything. We haven't done. What are you leading us all over the cliff? Taking a poison shot? Please, for the sake of our community, the young, the old, and the in-betweens, get vaccinated. Listen, people, this is this seems like a something that somebody from Madison Avenue PR company wrote. Let me read you some names. Ken Grewal, Camera Graham, Fong Lu, Doug Tolley, Harry Wander, Mustafa Amar, Rachel Farrell, Richard Fury, Harpreet Joel, Stephen Blair, Richard Madalena. Trina Harris, Sarah Streach, Peter Bravos, Ashraf Ekdawi. I hope these people didn't take the shot. They ain't going to be here for long. John Rose, Rachel Holmes, Foy Cox, Rupinder Brar, Stephen Koterik, Kine Wynn, Harpreet Baines, Mark Sawyer, <laughs> uh, Tyler uh, Richard Madalena, Tyler Jenkins, Lori Minkin. I think Madalena is listed twice under two categories. Tess Carter, Jagaraj, Niger, Aaron Kalen, Jennifer Morley, Art Garcia, Alexander Reichman, Brandy Chapman, Lisa Matson, Javier Coronado, Alpna, Mullick, Rajpreet, Desi. I want you to like note some of these because when your friends die from taking the shot, you can go back to them and say, thank you so much. For follow, we want to follow your example. Baron Harper, Gary Bernard, Navdeep Sharma, Inderjeet Brar, John Wang, Narinder Bajwa, Gordon Macbeth, Richard Bruett, uh, Shalina Gupta, uh, Walia Bajiba, Ben Nazman. Then it says in one place, Sutter North Physicians. Here's, here's one, Gene Wang. I think someplace it said, I thought it said somewhere in here, the Adventist physicians. I thought, oh, come on. You can't just say it, the name of all the people who work for Sutter North. I know Sutter North people that didn't take the shot. You're saying Sutter, it says Sutter North physicians. Every one of them took the shot. You kidding me? Just like ballpark figure, everybody in Marysville took the shot. I don't believe, I don't believe it. I'm telling you, these people, and in, and in the comments, one of the Madalenas 
says, or Madalena says, oh, well, we have a right. And, you know, he makes these big, bold cap statements. We have a right. How dare you criticize us? We have a right to speak our mind. Yeah, you do. But I think it gets really difficult when you're doctors and we trust your word and somebody dies. Are you standing up for that dude? Or dudette? When you're endorsing a vaccine system that is highly questionable and not even it, not even uh, blessed by the FDA. And they even ne- they really never even bless these individual vaccines. They 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 bless something totally that's not even being used in this country. And and you're are you are you back in this? Is this like is this like malpractice 101? Like you're endorsing hundreds of thousands of people to get this shot young and old and all the in-betweens and trust us. We've done it. We've investigated it. It's well-tested. It's very safe. It's highly effective. Trust us, trust us. You've trusted us with every other aspect of your health. Please trust us with this. Really? Uh, We're, We're not saying buy Chevrolet here. We're not saying buy Toyota. We're not saying get this mattress. We're saying shove this stuff in your arm on a, on a, for an illness that is 99% survivable. This is just the most bizarre thing. I, I have never, I, this is the most bizarre list of people and and attached to a statement that is you could drive a freightliner truck through this there's so much room for baloney and whining every one of these people god bless them i hope they make 100 200 300 500,000 i bless them but to complain about being tired it's a total disconnect with the suffering of our community not from an illness but from government a government authoritarianism that shut us down. You know, we've got the, the, the governor of the state of California trying to roughhouse with a bunch of barbers in the Yuba Sutter area and trying to get the district attorney of, of Yuba County to enforce and, and arrest them. Do you realize that? And you know what they're doing? They're not dealing drugs. They're not pimping. They're not molesting like some doctors have done. They're not molesting some of their patients or dealing drugs like some of the doctors do. Give out too many opiates like uh, oxys or narcos. You're too generous with it. You're dealing dealing in dope, dude. These barbers aren't doing that. They're cutting hair for a living. And we we got the governor of California coming after them. You know why? Because they wouldn't shut their doors. Why? Because the... The entire, they saw through, the leader of it, Randy Mitchell, saw through the baloney of the COVID fraud and said, we got to support our family. You know why they had to support our family? Because there was no medical system kicking them down five ten thousand dollars $10,000 a month. They didn't have any unemployment insurance. They're self-employed. They had nothing. And when they got home and realized they had no money to buy groceries, they didn't have the luxury of being an MD or a CEO of Harmony Health, or CEO of Adventist, or CEO of Ampla, or Peachtree, or whatever. You know, I just heard today that Ampla Health is telling their subcontractors, like you clean the toilets, 
clean the floors, guard the place, that if you don't deliver us uh, employees, your employees, if they come in here, they got to be vaccinated. That's amazing to me. Or you're going to you're going to lose your contract. Now, they signed a contract. They signed contracts with these subcontractors. Then they have turned around and now added rules to the contract that you cannot work for us unless you unless you were shot, inoculated. Now, that's BS, people. And you know why they're doing it? No other reason. Not one other reason. People say, oh, yeah, people, you know, they'll just do anything for money. They will do anything for money. Yep, that's how, that's how a lot of people get killed. Did you know that? Somebody pays somebody to go kill somebody. Would they have gone killed that person on their own? No, they didn't have a beef with them. But somebody gave them 500 bucks or whatever to knock the person out, right? Or steal the car or something, something. This whole thing has been driven by money. Either take the shot or we'll fire you. And then you won't have any income when you're probably, you're, as a nurse, you're probably making seventy-five dollars to $100,000 a year. You got a house payment. You got kids in college, right? Maybe you got a sick kid that's taking a lot of medical expenses themselves. And, and so they put everybody under the thumb. They tell the schools, we're not going to give you this money unless you mask the kids and make them sit in desks six feet apart in little, in little uh, plexiglass boxes like little criminals. People, unless we're going to stand up, unless you're going to stand up, you're you are. This is a communism, people. This is communism. This week, they finally let Vietnamese people out of their out of their houses. They've been down for months, starving. Literally, people have gone out and eating, eating stuff off the ground like like grass. And bark off trees in Vietnam. Yeah, you don't believe it. Oh, yeah, you didn't see it on MS embassy. You know, you're just flat so stupid. You just don't know what's going on in the world. You don't know what's going on in the world. I uh, says here, millions of holistically minded doctors, nurses, mothers, fathers, healers, nutritionists, all living healthy, toxin-free lives and fighting for your health freedom. But you're going to believe the people who profit from keeping you sick? Think bigger. I'm totally on that page. This, these drug companies are controlling the legislative branches of our government and the rest of them. Everybody's getting a check, people. That's the way this works. They're getting paid off to hold you, the small people, under the thumb. And, and you know, you think it's a conspiracy theory. If I say to you Agenda 21 or Agenda 30, you think it's conspiracy theory? It's an amazing thing to me. Alex Jones did not write that. The United Nations philosophers wrote it about what the future is going to look like. And I wrote, I just wrote a, uh, an article. You can get it off my, um, you can get it off the, uh, website pretty quick. Uh, no hostages, but it's on the uh, live with Lou right now. It talks about yahoos and it talks about the fact that the United Nations said by that, if we don't do something by 2030, we're going to have 8.2 billion people on the earth. And we need to, they think we needed to, instead of fighting all these issues, like, well, what are we going to do for food? And when you look at most of the world, they're overinflated already. Even Vietnam. Now, when I first started going to Vietnam, they were thin as can be. Now they're all pudgy. A lot of them are pudgy. So the United Nations says to get control of all the issues of the world, like manage the, re- they, they, 
the United Nations really wants communism, where you have essentially managed everything, like you tell people what to wear, how often you can change your underwear, where you can get your bicycle tires changed, fixed, uh, what time to get up in the morning, what time to go to bed at night, everything. Whether you can come out of your house today, that's centrally managed government. That's what the United Nations wants, and they want to manage the resources of all the world. They want to eliminate private ownership. They'll give you what you need, not what you want, what you need. They'll eliminate private ownership, take away the ownership. Any, you won't own anything. And, um, and they want to eliminate 95% of the population by 2030. Now, I don't know how old you are. I'm probably going to be gone by then. But, but if I'm not, they, I'm going to be a problem for them because they're not going to want me around. There's a lot of people they don't want around. They don't want a lot of small-time people, average people, around. And how are they going to get rid of them? Have you thought about it? You think they're just going to go come in and shoot everybody in the head? That's a possibility. That's a lot of bullets. But, but they're already killing a lot through abortion, sterilization. Uh, then we get into things like euthanasia. Uh, we get into things like vaccinations that are sterilizing people, right? If you take a vaccination for tetanus or for some other, uh, one of the other measles or whatever, and it's got a sterilant in it that makes you unable to bear children, that pretty much reduces that. That lady's not going to be reproducing, right? Reproducing. And uh, so it's on and on and on. Like they did with the, you think it was a, you think it was an accident that the, senior citizens that were sick with with covid and had comorbidities were uh it was an accident that they got put back in the homes to infect all those other people when they knew it was just like remember they said super oh it's super infectious oh it's super con- super duper and contagious and super deadly and yet they put these people that were sick back in the care homes with all these people that are just languishing with other illnesses in the care home. Do you think that was an accident? You know, main, the main states that did that were all liberal states, Michigan, New York, California, just killed tens of thousands. We're not talking. These are your grandpa, your grandma, your uncles, your aunts, your brothers and sisters. Is Will Americans stand up for anything? This one gal, I know her. She says this, please stop fighting to enter any business or educational system that requires masks, testing or proof of injections plain and simply refuse to be groomed people of god stop fighting to be welcomed into the antichrist system rise up and build kingdom written by kingdom commerce you know what that's saying people it's go go embrace your freedom Walk away from the big box stores or the restaurants or the places that tell you. I was at a Peachtree Clinic with a, a mastid, uh, with a heroin addict this week, getting him some treatment. And they handed me a mask on the way in. I took it. You know, I wasn't going to get rude with the guys just trying to do his job. And I just kept it in my hand. I'm not going to wear a mask. And everybody else was, was masked up inside. If they would have said, you've got to wear a mask or you got to leave, I would have left. No problem. I, I didn't need any care. I just wanted my friend to get some care. But it says, stop fighting to be welcome into an antichrist system. What's an antichrist system? It's a no freedom system, people. It's very simple. No freedom. They tell you. I was telling a, a Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security this, just a couple hours ago. I said, when I went to Beijing right after Tiananmen Square, 
Every Chinese on the streets had the same clothes on. Pants, jacket, and cap. Male and female. Same color. And they all had black bicycles. No blue ones. No red, green. Nope. They, they were only allowed to have black bicycles. And they were lined up by the thousands wherever they were working. But all of them looked the same going down the street. They were told what to wear and what to ride. It's changed today because they're more prosperous and the bikes, most bikes are gone. And now they wear Western clothes. But now there's a clamp down in China again. I'm telling you that communism makes all the decisions. If you think you're going to, if you keep going down this way with this COVID thing, you're going to lose your home. You're not going to own your car. You're not going to own anything. It's going to be rented to you by the state. And that's the way it is. I don't care whether you believe me. I'm just kidding. When it happens, whether I'm here or not, you can say, I remember Lou said that. I didn't believe him. I thought he was crazy. I'll be right back. By the time Orwell married Sonia Brownell, 1984 was written, after which he would never leave his bed again. But he left one final warning. 1984 is, I believe, a quite terrifying masterpiece. So terrifying, in fact, I don't think I should like to read another like it. I'm not absolutely dissatisfied with it. I think it is a good idea, but the execution would have been better if I had not been under the influence of TB when I wrote it. You once claimed that you have an ability to face unpleasant facts. Is that what you've demonstrated in 1984 by drawing an accurate portrait of the future? I think that allowing for the book being, after all, a parody, something like 1984 could actually happen. This is the direction the world is going in at the present time. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph and self-abasement. The sex instinct will be eradicated. We shall abolish the orgasm. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. It depends on you. You'd think that it would be impossible for a black person to be a white supremacist, or at least very difficult. But you're not woke enough if you haven't yet realized that black people can be some of the most anti-black people around. 
just trust us, this makes sense. Here are some of the most blatantly white supremacist black people today. Larry Elder. This is an obvious one, but this man is trying to defeat California's pasty white Governor Newsom, so he's clearly a secret member of the KKK. There's another writer who all but called me a black David Duke. Candace Owens. Look, Candace says some stuff that's so far right, even my uncle on Facebook thinks it's too far. Racist. White supremacy and white nationalism is nowhere near, ranks nowhere near the top of the issues that are facing black America. The Black Panther. T'Challa refused to use Wakanda's resources and technology to help people start communist revolutions across the globe. We don't do that here. He's basically the face of white supremacy. Martin Luther King Jr. MLK hatefully declared that we shouldn't judge people by their skin color, but by the content of their character, making him basically QAnon. Carl from The Simpsons. Carl gets along with Lenny despite their differences in skin color, which is something that only far-right racists are okay with. All right, well, maybe this one's yellow supremacy. The entire cast and crew of Family Matters. Um, promoting racism by showing a healthy nuclear family that is assimilated into white culture? Did I do that? Yes, Jaleel White, you did. And finally, every black person who does not 100% agree with every single thing the left believes. If you don't wholeheartedly stand by the far left agenda of the Democratic Party, look in the mirror. Your black face may actually be the face of white supremacy. Years ago, when Jack Greenberg left the NAACP Legal Defense Fund to become a professor at Columbia University, he announced that he was going to make it a point to hire a black secretary at Columbia. This would, of course, make whomever he hired be seen as a token black, rather than as someone selected on the basis of competence. This reminded me of the first time I went to Milton Friedman's office when I was a graduate student at the University of Chicago back in 1960, and I noticed that he had a black secretary. This was four years before the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and there was no such thing as affirmative action. Milton Friedman had the same black secretary decades later when he moved to the Hoover Institution, and she was respected as one of the best secretaries around. When I mentioned to someone at the Hoover Institution that I was having a hard time finding a secretary who could handle a tough job in my absence, I was told that I needed someone like Milton Friedman's secretary, and that there were not many like her. At no time in all these years did I hear Milton Friedman mention, either publicly or privately, that he had a black secretary. William F. Buckley's wife once mentioned in passing, at dinner in her home, that she had been involved for years in working with a school in Harlem, but I never heard her or Bill Buckley ever say that publicly. Nor do conservatives who were in the civil rights marches in the South, back when that was dangerous, make that a big deal. For people on the left, however, blacks are trophies or mascots, and must therefore be put on display. Nowhere is that more true than in politics. The problem with being a mascot is that you are a symbol of someone else's significance or virtue. The actual well-being of a mascot is not the point. Liberals all across the country have not hesitated to destroy black neighborhoods in the name of urban renewal, often replacing working-class neighborhoods with upscale homes and pricey businesses, neither of which the former residents can afford. In academia, lower admission standards for black students are about having them as a visible presence, even if mismatching them with a particular college or university produces high dropout rates. The black students who don't make it are replaced by others, and when many of them don't make it either, 
there are still more others. The point is to have black faces on campus as mascots, symbolizing what great people there are running the college or university. Many, if not most, of the black students who do not make it at big-name high-pressure institutions are perfectly qualified to succeed at the normal range of colleges and universities. Most white students would also punch out if admitted to schools for which they don't have the same qualifications as the other students, but nobody needs white mascots. Various empirical studies have indicated that blacks succeed best at institutions where there is little or no difference between their qualifications and the qualifications of the other students around them. This is not rocket science, but it is amazing how much effort and cleverness have gone into denying the obvious. A study by Professor Richard Sander of the UCLA Law School suggests that there may be fewer black lawyers as a result of affirmative action admissions to law schools that are a mismatch for the individuals admitted. Leaping to the defense of black criminals is another common practice among liberals who need black mascots. Most of the crimes committed by black criminals are committed against other blacks, but again, the actual well-being of mascots is not the point. Politicians who use blacks as mascots do not hesitate to throw blacks to the wolves for the benefit of the teachers' unions, the green zealots whose restrictions make housing unaffordable, or people who keep low-priced stores like Walmart out of their cities. Using human beings as mascots is not idealism. It is self-aggrandizement that is ugly in both its concept and its consequences. Okay, thanks for hanging with us. It's our final segment. And uh, so I want to finish up just mentioning if you go to the website churchofgladtidings.com, just run your cursor across over ministries. It'll drop down and say Embassy Private Education Center. Click on that and you'll get a whole page or two or three pages. Scroll down of everything they got going, how to do it, the ch- how much money it costs, how, how much one kid, two kids, three kids, four kids, five kids, six, six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids. It breaks it all down. And then you can actually put your kid's name in and all about them and send it over there and enroll them. <clears throat> or maybe or maybe you can just shoot an email in and just say, hey, I heard on Lou's broadcast that you guys are going. I heard you're full, but could we get on a waiting list, right? And if we're going to be on a waiting list, should we fill out this and send it over there? even though we're not going to get in right now. You know, people change their minds. So I, I always tell people, people say, oh, I said, why don't you go stay at the depot? They're on the streets. Or why don't you go stay over here? Don't you? Well, there's a waiting list. There's a wait. I said, hey, waiting lists change every day. So sign your name up. And then one of these days as you're running around town doing something, they'll call you and say, oh, your name's up. Do you want to get interviewed? Oh, I did. I couldn't. Re- I forgot I put on my name on there. Right. Put your name on the waiting list. So also I want to mention three things. People are calling me saying, Lou, I need ivermectin. Lou, I need hydroxychloroquine. Lou, I need a doctor uh, uh, to do. I, I'm, I, I, I want to get some. I want to get a prescription even though I don't need it right now or I need it. I'm going to try to take it as a prophylactic, right? 
So I'm going to give you some websites. One is myfreedoctors.com. Now, people are saying they really are free doctors. They will do telemedicine with you, and they will order the medicine you need regarding, I'm referring to the COVID situation. Myfreedoctors.com. The second one is americasfrontlinedoctors.com. americasfrontlinedoctors.com. You, you can have an online telemedicine conference with a doctor. I, somebody told me it costs $90, and then, then, then they'll order the medicine for you if you need medicine. Okay? Then I, I just found uh, Dr. Stella, who is fr- originally from Nigeria. She has a big clinic, works at a big clinic, or has a big clinic in Houston, Texas. And she works with America's Frontline Doctors. She's a part of them. But she has been treating people from all from COVID from the beginning and never saw anybody go to the hospital lines and lines and lines of people. So she has a website that I just looked at today called Dr. Uh, Dr. Like Dr. Dr. Stella M D like medical doctor, Dr. Dr. Stella MD.com. And you can order now. I, I think you can do telemedicine off, off that site. Uh, tell the doctor, telemedicine. You can also order, she has put together all over-the-counter med- uh, uh, supplements, and it includes, uh, oh, shoot, and I can't remember what it is. It's um, D and A and C, or zinc, and quercetin. Is it quercetin? Anyway, it's a new product to me that you can buy over the counter. And anyway, she has this product that she's selling right off her website that you don't even need ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. It's a big boost to the immune system. And even if you're ill, it will help fight that. But anyway, check it out. It's right on their front page on the left. She's got a supplement uh, product right there that has all the key supplements like that that we're all taking that we've been learning this from whether it's a uh, d d booster zinc it's a huge deal zinc c and then and then i think it's course i'll have to look it up quercetin i I may be saying it wrong but i've never bought it but it's uh, you can get it uh it's a supplement it's not a none of these are medicines over uh through the pharmacy so dr stella check out drstellamd.com i'm getting calls every single week on this and on the on the medical exemptions and finally another great site i the other site i just stumbled across is chemicalviolence.com chemicalviolence.com and uh i'm just going to let you take take a look at it cuz i haven't spent a lot i looked at it today it's uh it's a great site so uh but but those are your med sites and then if you're if you're still needing the exemption letters i know church of glad tidings is doing medical exemptions for people helping them walk through that ask for courtney ortega out there 530-671-3160 courtney ortega for the for uh for exemptions exemption forms boilerplate type forms we're not suggesting you all fill out the same form we're suggesting you write your own document using some of the philosophical bents that are in the document and then dave bryan out there will write letters for people if you wish uh another guy that's doing it is a guy at uh if you're a yuba sutter resident called chris madsen m-a-d-s-e-n 
at Praise Chapel. You'll have to look up his number. But he told me uh, two nights ago, I saw him at a meeting. He said, Lou, I'm doing those exemptions for people. No problem. Chris Madsen at Praise Chapel in Yuba City. Pastors a church over there on Ayler, A-Y-L-O-R. Um, okay. Hey, you know, so we do, Dr. Cassie and I talk about him in regard to uh, addiction. But another thing that we've been doing for many, 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 many years, too many years to, I think I said I had hair when we started. But we started off partnering with a wonderful group called Sutter North that helped us they did they let us use their emergency surgery area not like in the er but like uh, outpatient surgery area and we set up uh, they they purchased a hundred a big laser system and it, it well i say big the unit's not massive but it costs a lot of money and they bought this equipment and then then we charge each of the tattoo we use it to remove tattoos not just gang tattoos or criminal tattoos or, you know, off criminals, but just tattoos that are getting into people's way. We're not anti-tattoo. We're just saying if this is in your way, you've got an F-U-C-K-U on your forehead, that probably is going to hamper your job-getting ability, right? Or you have something, some sexual position on your uh, forearm, probably not going to do good if you're serving food uh, at uh, Sizzler's. So anyway, we, we can remove all kinds of tattoos. And, and so we used to do it at Sutter North. You know, it's just so many of the things I'm involved in. Government just kills one after another. One after, kills, they kill addicts. They kill COVID patients. And, and they, they killed my tattoo program. So Sutter North wanted to do it, but the government came in and said, well, if you're going to remove tattoos over here, you've got to do a pre-op and a post-op meeting. It's not necessary. They just walk in, you treat them, and they leave. You don't have to do pre-op, post-op. You don't have to do that stuff. But if you do it there, the government said, these are our rules. you got to do it. Doesn't That doesn't have to make any sense. You just have to do it. So uh, anyhow, uh, I won't go into the whole story, but now we run the – we use the same machine, and we run it out of Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City. So the, I said all that to say this. If you have any kind of tattoo – that you want to get rid of that's visible, like on your face, on your neck, on your hands, on your arms, lower leg of females, not on your butt, uh, you know, not on your back. Uh, I mean, occasionally we'll make exceptions for funky, very unusual things. But generally what we're trying to do is help people get jobs, help people not get shot, and help people do better in life, right? Remove something that they're embarrassed about that they thought was really cool 20 years ago. So uh, we're removing those once a month. We do it on the second Friday of each month at Church of Glad Tidings. We, it's very simple. You don't have to go meet anybody. You can make a phone interview. We just fill out a form for you at 671-3160-530-671-3160, extension 242-242. That's Karen, and she runs it out there. She takes your name. She takes a bit of a personal information about you, your ID information, how to get a hold of you, stuff like that. We don't want any, we're not interested in a bunch of funky stuff, no history and stuff like that. If you're pregnant, that's not going to work. No tattoo removal for pregnant people. So, uh, but uh, we'll get you going and we'll remove your tattoos for $50 a session, not $50 per tattoo, but $50 per visit. And we'll do as much as we can, and then we'll send you home to heal for a month. Then you can come back. So we're cleaning a lot of people up, and uh, so I don't really. You know, I have friends that are that are sleeved, 
They're tattooed on the face. They're happy with it. I'm happy with them. I don't, I'm just trying to help people. And Cassidy is too. So if you have an interest in that, 530-671-3160, extension 242. And that's Karen. So um, give her a shout out if you're interested. She works Wednesday through Friday. If, if you get her voicemail, just tell her who you are and you want to sign up for the tattoo thing. And then she'll sign you up and you will get just she'll tell you all the, the ins and outs of it. OK, pretty easy. And if you want to do it, we'll help you. If you don't, you just keep those tattoos and enjoy them every minute of your life. I'm for you. OK, so let me see what I want to do. We we at this last section. We always. So let me just give you this is how bizarre this is. 2017 and 18. We had 45 million flu. Uh, we had 45 million flu deaths in the U.S. of A. 2018-19, we had 36,000. 2019, and to start at 20, we had 30. I mean, not 36,000. 40. I said it's 45, 36, 38 million. 2019 into the beginning of 2020, 38 million. Do you know how many 2020 to 2021? 1,822. Just a handful of flu patients. They just transferred all those flu patients over and called them COVID people. That's just as simple as I can make it. You can believe it. Or if you want to believe in the tooth fairy, you just enjoy that tooth fairy and watch every day for a dollar under your pillow. Go get them, big shot. So Nazi punishment for violating lockdowns. Not only will Jews who have left their designated residential area be punished with death. You remember the lockdowns? Dr. Liu wanted the sheriffs to arrest people if you left your house. Sheriffs, at least Wendell Anderson, said, ain't going to do it. Listen to this. Let me just tell you that I, I think it was last week I played a clip from a constable in Australia, they were visiting thousands of homes going door to door. And if the right people that were supposed to be living there were gone, they find them. They cited and find them. That means they charge them money out there in Oliverst. We are just a Scotia way. In fact, they're removing people from homes in Australia and putting them in camps right now. They're removing people in Vietnam and putting them in COVID areas this thing is nuts people uh it covid is not a big problem the what we have is a problem of evil people trying to destroy the lives and take over the government of of the world and people are are uh, they are unnecessary they don't really care how many Communists have never cared how many people it costs to take over. Millions, hundreds of millions, no big deal. I want to read you this quote. Not only will Jews who have left their designated residential area be punished with death, but the same penalty applies to anyone who knowingly provides refuge or a hiding place to such Jews. On September 5, 1942, German authorities in Warsaw, Poland, issued the announcement reminding Poles, Polish people, that the penalty for hiding Jews, aiding Jews, would, would, uh, who fled the ghettos with, was death. John Kostansky, a Polish Catholic teenager, 
remembered seeing these announcements posted throughout Warsaw. They like I give you I'll give you an example. We have the same type of oppression starting. I'll give you an example. So I've been in the billboard business for for many years and uh and you have to submit your design to the company and then we make posters and they put them up at the the design. You can't put something up there that's obscene or weird or something like that. So I had a design I, I submitted recently. Say just say no to mandated vax, vax vaccination. And this week, out front media, who runs all the big billboards around town, I was going to buy a bunch of billboards and put say no to mandated, just say no to mandated vaccines. And they would not take that business. That's what we call censorship or shutting down free speech. And But they would take an Ampla Health billboard that said, we want to inject you. Okay? So listen to this. September 1942. Jan Kostanski, a Polish Catholic teenager, remembers seeing those announcements posted without, throughout Warsaw. Sent shivers up his spine. Going to kill you. Almost immediately after the Warsaw ghetto was sealed in 1940, Jan had begun sneaking into the ghetto to help his former Jewish neighbors and close friends, family friends. The Wurzbicki family uh, were one family. With the help of his mother, uh, Jan quickly became involved in a large-scale smuggling operation to bring food into the ghetto. This work was incredibly dangerous. On one occasion, Jan and a group of teenage boys, a group of Jewish boys, were arrested during a raid. The Jewish boys were killed. Jan was only released after his mother paid a substantial bribe to a Polish policeman. Shortly before the mass deportations of the summer of 1942, Jan and his mother managed to secure hiding for... Azzik was Bicky and his children, Nathan and Nacha. Undertaking great risks, Jan and his mom sheltered and provided for the Wizbicki family for the next two years. After the Wausau Polish uprising of 1944, Jan's mother and sisters fled the, the, the city. Jan remembered... Jan remained behind and hid with the Wisbicki family. For four months, Jan, Ezek, Nathan, and Nacha lived with a group of Jews in an underground bunker until the arrival of the Soviet army in January 1945. Jan and Nacha eventually married after the war and resettled in Australia. In 1983, Jan and his mother, whose name I can't even pronounce, it's got so many, it's got so many letters in it. They got the whole alphabet in one word. They were honored by Yad Vashem as righteous among the nations. After the ceremony, Jan's son, Andrew, said to him, Dad, I've really thought about it a lot. I don't know if I could have done it, Jan replied, or I, I don't know that I could have done it. In other words, the boy saying to his father, I don't know that I could have done what you did after they gave him this award. Jan replied, no one knows until they're in that situation. I just did it because it was a natural thing for me to do. There's another guy that I wanted to recognize called Sir Nicholas Winton. 
He's a British man. There's a picture of him during the war I'm looking at, and right next to it, a picture of him on his 105th birthday. Guy does not look 105. 75, 80? Maybe. Looks healthy as a horse and big, th- nice head of hair. Nice suit on. Looks beautiful. Sir Nicholas Winton, a British man, rescued 669 children destined for death camps from Nazis, arranged for them to have homes, and smuggled them to Great Britain. And then he re... Uh, Reconnected them with families if they survived. 105th birthday. These are the reason I read these stories is some of you need to become these people today. Stand up, get these kids out of school. Stand up, get the mass off these kids. Stand up for our nurses. Stand up for our technicians. One of my friends is an X-ray technician here in Yuba City, and they told him he needed to take the vaccination. He just said, "No, I'm not going to do that." and he said, we'll give you a week to think about it. He said, don't need a week. I'm going to do that. It's over. And uh, they said, oh, well, you know, we only got one, one of our people already went and worked to work for, went to work for another organization. And, uh, you know, in other words, he was, they were running out of workers. That's what needs to happen. We need to walk out. Yeah, it's going to be risky for you. Maybe you'll need to take a different kind of a job for a while. But eventually you're going to get your job back somewhere, Right. Dr. Cassidy at Peachtree Health had needed to throw down when they were going to fire him. And he stood up for his convictions, and uh, they they backed down. Now, there may be a day when they're not going to back down, but the, life goes on. As the one lady wrote, she was a uh, worked in the medical field, and uh, she, she wasn't a nurse, but she worked in the medical field, and she just walked away. And she said, God will provide her. You know, there'll be a provision for me. And there will be a provision. And a new society will develop. If we win, and I'm, I'm preparing to win, I'm not, I don't fight to lose. I'm preparing to win, and I'm not, I'm not going to be passive. Also, there are signs at Church of Glad Tidings you can get for $5 to put in your yard or your window that warns anybody they cannot come on your property, even the government, without a warrant. It states the law. If you want one, they're available. They're on uh, that particular fiberglass or plastic looks like cardboard but it's plastic it'll last right through the winter winter after winter after winter they're white with black print and they they have plastic they have the wire stands to go on if you want to stick it in the grass or if you want to just put it in your window you don't need the stand i got one put right in my window five dollars so anyway uh thank you for listening and we're calling it a night and i hope you enjoy the show yeah, my knees got weak I'm a two-time girl Lost me All through the week I'm a two-time I'm gonna wait I'm a two-time I'm gonna wait You wanna know who the real heroes are? You wanna know? It's the doctors and the nurses right now. The doctors and the nurses. They are putting their lives on the line. Like they're, they are, they are so much at risk and they're still going to work. And they're working overtime right now because the hospitals are overwhelmed. I go out every night at 8 p.m. and I howl at the moon. 
I howl at that moon so loud to show my support for them. It's just, it's a show of support because they need it right now. They need it. Yeah, they should be fired. We, we should just, they should be fired, okay? If they don't wanna take the shot, then they, then they can't feed their families, okay? They, that's how it should happen. You wanna talk about how selfish it is? You wanna talk about how selfish it is? Not getting the jab is selfish. Oh, suddenly they're about bodily autonomy, okay? Get out of here with that. If they don't take this thing, then they should be fired. Fire them, okay? They are easily replaceable, easily. Anybody could do that job. The downtown east side of Vancouver, British Columbia is one of the world's ground zeros for addiction in that in a few square block radius we have thousands of people injecting, inhaling and ingesting drugs of all kinds and paying dearly for it. These people are often outside the law, certainly beset by many medical problems due to injection drug use including psychosis, including HIV, including hepatitis C, cancers, they die of overdoses. This is trench warfare, and the people that are the frontline soldiers dying from it are the people affected by addiction. So that's where I worked for 12 years. And um, what I learned could be summed up really very uh, briefly by saying that addiction is not a choice that anybody makes, it's not a moral failure, it's not an ethical lapse, it's not a weakness of character. It's not a failure of will, which is how our society depicts addiction, nor is it an inherited brain disease, which is how the medical tendency is to see it. What it actually is, it's a response to human suffering. And all these people that I worked with had been severely traumatized as children. All the women had been sexually abused. All the men had been uh, traumatized, some of them sexually, physically, emotionally neglected. and. Not only is that my perspective, it's also what the scientific and research literature shows. So addiction then is actually, rather than being a disease as such or a human choice, it actually is, it's an attempt to escape suffering temporarily. The addiction wasn't your problem. Your problem is that you had a lot of emotional pain, you didn't know what to do with. So the addiction was really an attempt to solve a problem. So when you say, why do people use substances or why do they engage in addictions in general, it's because they have a problem they don't know what to do with. And if you really understand their addiction, we have to ask, well, what gave you so much emotional pain? And how come you didn't have the internal resources? This is not a judgment, it's simply an inquiry. How come you lacked at some point the internal resources to deal with that pain in a more creative forward-looking way that would help you resolve the pain rather than to perpetuate it. So really, really what it was is that the addiction came along to help you solve a problem you had no other solutions for at the time. And that's the case for all addictions. So why do people use, why do people engage in addictions? Because they have deep emotional problems they don't have the means to resolve on their own. That's why they use. The average medical student, until very recently, has never even heard the word trauma in their education. It doesn't show up. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about its impact on the brain, on the personality, on, on, on the emotional life of people, on its impact on people's physical health. It's not a word that we mention. We're traumaphobic. As a fellow doctor said to me, the medical profession is traumaphobic. Psychiatrists these days are trained mostly in this biological model of psychiatry where everything comes down to a biological brain disease. Here, let's give you a pill. 
the last thing most psychiatrists know how to talk about is actually emotional pain or its origins in human experience. You think they know how to do that, but they don't. They're not trained in it. It's not part of the predominant medical ideology. And, you know, as a physician, I can tell you, we like to think of medicals as a science, and it has certainly great scientific achievements uh, to its credit and great scientific insights to buttress its successes. But it's as much as ideology as a science. And ideology has certain hidden assumptions that are hidden from the people that believe in ideology. And so that if something is excluded by your ideology, you just won't see it. And so that you can be talking to somebody about your addiction and the simple question, what did they do for you? And how come you're in so much emotional pain doesn't occur to anybody, you know, trained in the classical manner. Now, this is true not just for Physicians is true for a lot of psychologists as well, who are more interested in solving your problems and getting you to overcome the behavior than in asking, well, okay, where does behavior come from? And what are you still carrying inside that's making you behave that way? And how can we help you resolve what's inside you? Not just how do we help you change your behavior, but how do we help you change? Now that's what healing is. And that happens inside a person. So it's never a question of anybody curing anybody else. But we can guide people to healing if we ask the right questions. Hi, everybody. Bob Weekly here. When I used to be on the show, I would always be calling out security all the time. Like, security. You know what I'm saying? So I started thinking to myself. I said, Sam, I think you should start a security company. So I did. Have you ever heard of Homeland Security? Well, this homegirl security, me. That's right. Okay, like for example, okay, let's say you on the phone and somebody interrupt you, like even if you on hold, bro, they need to go. If you holding the door open for somebody and they didn't say thank you, what? Bro, need to go. Oh, the worst one. Okay, let's say you driving, right? Okay? And then somebody get in your lane, but you had it said to them, okay, girl, go ahead, go ahead. Like, if you didn't give them the go ahead, girl, mm-mm, no. Call me. I will track them down, and I will cut them. So if you ever feel disrespected in any way, and you need some protection, then look in my direction. Call on Quee for Homegirl Security. I'm the hellacious Dr. Dazzle. And if you like me, an established rap artist in your early 20s with the head of your record company currently doing a hard time, you could be there for this commercial is over. That's why there's some questions you got to ask yourself. Like, what's gonna happen to my homies when I get smoked? Who's gonna take care of my biatches? Well, now you can get yourself some peace of mind thanks to the gangster rap life insurance policy for Helper Hand Insurance. Helper Hand pays in cases of drive-bys, assassinations, car bombings, and home invasions. And they're going to take care of my kids after I'm gone, even the ones I don't know about. So my skeezers and my crew will have a secure future, I mean, such as it is. Hey, I know what you're thinking. What about the player-hating suckers that take me out? Are they going to get got? Hell yeah! Because Helper Hand has a special payback rider that ensures that the punk-ass bitches who take you out Gonna get this. Well put, G. Whether you're east side or west side, we at Helpful Hand are on your side. For the 411 on this policy, please write to 
Helpful Hand Gangster Rap Insurance, Box 187, Compton, California, 90063. Because at Helpful Hand, we've got your back. This is our final segment, and I want to mention a few more people that uh, make this happen. By the way, I, you might wonder how all these things happen. We do this radio show, and we do uh, this podcast, and I and I say we because I talk, but but I couldn't do it without like Santos Vigil, who helps me put together the show for the live show, and also is there with me in the studio at KMYC, and then Tar- Tanner Martis, who does the same for the podcast, and is there with me in in spirit because he comes into my computer uh through all the technology and takes what i did off and and makes it all sound right so thank you so much to santos vigil and uh, tanner martis who uh so it costs some money to to uh us be on the radio and stuff i'm not i'm not asking for money i'm just telling you why i'm going to tell you about some people uh i i'm not ever i've never begged for anything any of the projects that i've done worldwide uh people hear about what I'm doing and they like it or they don't like it. And those that like it, they help. And that's, that's what makes the world go around. So I'm never frustrated. I don't have any sleepless nights, but it does cost some money. So some guys have come alongside to help. And, um, and those are the people I'm mentioning, including Dr. Cassidy and, um, North Valley paralegal and also thrifty rooter. Who's brand new bill Artemico. And, uh, and he started his business, 40 years ago, over 40 years ago. And, and those are the tried and tested businesses, man, through thick and thin. And he built this from the ground up. And, um, so, uh, he is in, I, I started thinking, oh, he's in Yuba Sutter, but he is, but he's also up in the Butte County area and he's up in, I think, Placer County and, and maybe even Nevada County or Calusa County. I just, wherever I was, I would use these guys because they are good. And you know you don't stick around for forty some years and and uh, with a bad reputation, so you can check him out on his uh, website, which is a nice website, thriftyrooter dot net. And I, what, the reason I say it's nice is I can't deal with websites that are confusing. It's got to be easy to do for me, or I can't hang. I'm old school, so thriftyrooter dot net's very simple. And uh, he he's actually they're looking for workers as well, and if you are interested in going to work. And but thriftyrooter.net, you can go on there and actually just fill out some blanks and and put your name, your address, and just click a number of eight or nine things that might be wrong with your uh, your plumbing in your in your your uh, your house or your business or whatever uh, septic systems, whatever thrifty rooter, and and just click all the things and then write a message and just send it off, and they will be on it. And uh, or you could go old school and just dial them up. They actually have a landline. It looks like here six seven three eight two zero one. I mean, how old is that? I got a landline here five three zero six seven three eight two zero one. So give them a shout out, and um, and they will they will do you right. I've used them myself out at the Church of Glad Tidings when I used to work out there back in the day, and we had septic problems. Uh, the system was working okay. It just needed maintenance and they helped come out and get our system working again and maintained it 
So also Dave Green is construction. The only problem with Dave is he's so busy. They got so much business. And he said, Lou, I don't even know what I should advertise. And, um, but really he helps me because mainly because of, he likes what we do with the show. But, uh, I like what he does in construction. He's the best in the area. And I, I'm, I'm into the best. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of tight with my money. But when I buy something, like if I buy a pair of shoes, I'm going to buy a nice pair of shoes, a good pair of shoes. I'm not going to skimp on holding up my whole body, right? So I like to buy quality things that last a long time. You're not wasting money. So if you want a really quality, super quality, super duper kitchen, bath, entryway, remodel type work, uh, check this out. I'm not going to tell, tell you about the different kitchens. You can go look. GreenitzConstruction.com. Green ETZ is on the end. GreenitzConstruction.com or Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. And uh, it, he has a lot of beautiful before and after pictures. And he's pretty. One thing I like about Dave is he always gives credit to all his subcontractors. He didn't take all the credit himself because he's got some really wonderful subcontractors and he always lists them uh, that did will work on that particular job. If you want to dial him up or text him, try 530-682-9602. He's probably going to be the guy that answers the phone because he just is, he's the big kahuna, right? So if he answers, you probably thought, whoa, is this, is this Dave? He said, yep, this is, that's my name, Dave Granitz. So, uh, give him, give him a shout out. And, and they also do, you know, we're just coming out. This might be a good time to do this, even though we're just coming out of the, uh, the summer and it's starting to cool down. This might be a, a time where you want to put in the whole house fan. And uh, because then by the time when we get just go through several months of winter here and you get back in the heat, the whole house fan will cut down your PG&E. Somebody told me the other day that PG&E was going to go up 50 to 60 percent <clears throat> because of all these constant uh, screw ups in the energy system of, that the liberals have screwed up. And, you know, not you can't use fossil fuel. You can't use natural gas. They don't want you to use hydro. They can't, you can't use nuclear, right? So what are you going to do? Bird blenders. And, and so that PG&E is having to buy that at a premium where they used to buy, have natural gas. They used to use geothermal, used to use, and they're just, they screwed over PG&E. Then they turned around and blame PG&E. I don't think PG&E is totally innocent in all this mess, but the government is all up in PG&E's business. And so our rates are going to go up. So how do you keep your rates down? The only the only way you can keep your bill down is to use less, right? Be more efficient. So a whole house fan is a huge help. And Greenitz, they, they've been putting those things in. In fact, I didn't even know what a whole house fan until I met Dave Greenitz. He said, Lou, you should, he said, we put in these whole house fans. Cut people's PG&E way down. Suck all the hot air out. And the last people that... Uh, uh, as, as someone once said, last but not least... Monty Heckers has been one of our first uh, supporters where he, he said, hey, I want to support your, your operation. And that was back when we were on live radio before we did the podcast. And so th this is another business. They're, they're looking for uh, workers. And, um, and they're not just in Uber, Sutter County. They're all over the North State. So if you have any interest in being a guard or maybe, maybe you're thinking, well, I think I'd like to be in law enforcement, but uh, – I don't want to, want to just jump into it, but maybe you'd just like to jump into some of the classes that Monty does at Elite Universal Security. They'll start to train you in some classes you'll need anyway, 
and you could try doing some guard work, see whether you like it, and then you could just, you know, evolve into law enforcement. It's happened all the time. I I used to meet people, they were security guards at Rideout Hospital or at Adventist Hospital and got to be friends with them. And then all of a sudden they were gone. And I said, hey, where's where's Joe? Oh, he's working over at Yuba County Sheriff's Department or Marysville Police Department or something. So a great opportunity to start learning the field so they could train you. Elite Universal Security, they are, their headquarters are in Yuba County, and uh, you can reach them at 530-749-0280. EliteUniversalSecurity.com is one website, and an API-Academy, just put a hyphen, hyphenated, API-Academy.com. That's all their schooling and their schedule of their events and things. So uh, you can hook hook up there and find out what's going on. And they're looking for workers. Thrifty Rooters looking for workers. Plumbing doctors looking for workers. They're the last ones here. Plumbing doctor, they do. They don't do some of the stuff Thrifty Rooter does. A Thrifty Rooter has the big trucks that pump out the tanks. Plumbing doctor does every all the inside stuff. Lines coming in, lines going out. All the interior stuff. Plumbing doctor will fix what ails you or even do probably do some minor remodeling. So uh the plumbing doctors in Yuba Sutter, five three oh six seven one nine one one one. So thank you so much everybody, males and females alike, all the same. Uh appreciate all your help for us. So I want to go down here and I want to talk. We have about eleven minutes, just under eleven minutes. <clears throat> and I want to I want to uh, I want to read something to you. We saw all the uh, first. We saw ISIS go through the Middle East, tearing down all historic tri- relics, historic uh, sites, uh, museums, destroying everything they could. Now we have the uh, the ISIS of America, which is the BLM and Antifa, and they tore down all these statues of wonderful people. And uh, one of them was Robert E. Lee. And I want to read about Robert E. Lee because they don't teach about him in school. So uh, the BLM and Antifa people are deceived. And, you know, when people are deceived, they're deceived, right? It's like a blind person. Uh, they just can't see very well. So Robert E. Lee is one of the very, very few cadets to pass through the U.S. Military Academy at West Point without a single demerit. In the Mexican War, General Winfield Scott called him the greatest soldier I've ever seen. As an Army engineer, he rerouted the Mississippi River and saved the city of St. Louis. When he inherited slaves from his father-in-law, he educated... <gasps> he inherited slaves? That's why they probably tore down the statue, but they didn't know the whole story. When he inherited slaves from his father-in-law... He married a woman, and her dad had slaves. So he, when he dropped dead, he got the slaves. That's the way the law worked back then, right? You, you know how the law forces you to accept things? When he inherited slaves, people, from his father-in-law, he educated them and set them free. This is the guy that they tore down the statue. And he referred to slavery as a political and moral evil. He turned down Lincoln's offer to command the U.S. Army that would invade the South and his home state of Virginia, even though lending, leading that army would have certainly brought him international fame and likely the presidency. 
He instead offered his sword to Virginia and fought against the invasion for four years, leading an army that was vastly outnumbered, outsupplied, and outfed. After the war, as the most beloved figure on either side of the war, let me just say that again to the BLM and Antifa people. After the war, as the most beloved figure on either side of the war, he turned down all of the opportunities that would have enriched him by refusing to sell his family name. I, I know very few politicians today that won't sell themselves as a hooker. He chose instead to take a job with a meager pay at Washington College because he knew that rebuilding the country meant that we needed to raise men of high honor and character. His first act as president of the college was to build a chapel. Honestly, I hope that some people that think that was a righteous thing that people did, tear down those statues. Honestly, it, it's despicable. On Lee's last visit to Richmond, a lady approached General Lee with an infant in her arms and asked, Would you please hold my baby? General Lee took the child, looked the woman in the eye and said, You must teach him to deny himself. Biographer Doug, Douglas Southall Freeman pointed out that this one statement characterized the entirety of how General Lee lived. As the end of his life was approaching, Robert E. Lee was asked, with all of his accomplishments, what should his headstone say? He answered, quote, that I am a poor sinner, trusting in Christ alone for my salvation. End of quote. That a moment to this man has been taken down, that a, sorry, that a monument to this man has been taken down is a monument in itself. The barren space where his memorial stood is a testament to the depraved depths to which the morality and character of our society has fallen. If you wonder where the saying that I am a poor sinner trusting in Christ alone for my salvation are not, uh, sorry, not that saying, but the saying of you must teach him to not deny yourself when he held, holds the mother's son. That comes from a passage when Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. To know that, that it, the tearing down of statues, or whatever you want to call them, isn't just about tearing down statues. It's about gross evil. I remember, I can't remember whether it was Sutter, um, the Sutter Hospital System or Sutter's Ford or some, something to do with John Sutter. They were tearing down his statue. And I had talked to a friend about it. I said, hey, if you can get that statue, I will erect it in the Yuba Sutter area, right? Sutter County, John Sutter. But somebody couldn't even allow us to cancel culture is just so wicked. But I, I think that uh, only Satan himself would want to tear down Robert E. Lee's statue because he was such a fine man. Uh, fine man. And let me read you this. <clears throat> I, I just run grossly out of time today. Sometimes our military... Not a lot of time. I'm just so sick of our military taking cheap shots. By the way, is it Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller who just complained about the 
the corruption in our leadership in Afghanistan. He's now been put in prison. Stu Scheller. I wish you would call somebody and complain about that. Stu Scheller. Call your call Garamendi. Call some somebody high up somewhere and complain about it. Stu Scheller, he's a political prisoner at this point. Or Google him and find out the story. I want to read this to you. This is about military people. Title of this is I Owe My Life to Them. On September 23, 1941, a British mother abandoned her newborn baby behind a blackberry bush or bushes in Horsell Common, a 355-hectare park on the outskirts of London. Stationed in England, three Canadian soldiers, Gunner Robert Griffin of Regina, Saskatchewan, Lance Sergeant Ernest Curtis of Brandon, Manitoba, and Gunner Alonzo Brackett of Terrace, British Columbia, happened to be nearby. Isn't it amazing? The three members of the Royal Canadian Artillery heard a strange noise coming from the bushes and discovered the baby who was clinging to life. They immediately cut the remaining umbilical cord with a knife and wrapped the little girl in a white shirt. An entry in the 8th Field Regiment's war diary from that day says, quote, found a newborn baby in the gun area. (laughs) The baby girl was rushed to a nearby hospital and survived. She was later adopted by an English couple who named her Mary and grew up in Hertfordshire, England. Mary, who is now 79 years of age when this was written, only discovered this beautiful, there's a picture with this write-up of three military guys hovering over this fresh baby. And so Mary, who who was 79, when she actually got to see this photo of herself as a baby uh, with these three guys, she, she saw this in 2018 for, for the first time, saw herself as a baby with these three rescuers. And... Uh, Mary said, tears were rolling down my face, adding, she added that I owe my life to them. Her three guardian angels had already passed away, by, but in 2019, uh, in other words, in 2018, when she saw the picture, she tried to find these three gentlemen who had all died. But in 2019, Mary found and got in touch with Harry Curtis, the son of Lance Sergeant Ernest Curtis. Great story, huh? I I thought that was beautiful. And uh, military guys and gals are doing this all around the world every single day. And I'm just so proud to be an American to support them. And I'm so embarrassed to, uh, to have a secretary of defense like Austin. What a joke. And General, is it General Milley? I always get the ranks all screwed up. General Milley, uh, he's a traitor. He's a treasonous person. It's just disgusting to me that the people that I know are all lower-ranking people. I got to interview Michael Flynn when he was here. And uh, Michael Flynn, when you're with him and talk to him, it's just like talking to a lower-ranking military guy. He's just an everyday guy. 
but he doesn't put off on how brilliant he is or all the things he's, he never, he never talks about himself and what he's been through, what he's accomplished. He's been basically, he could have been the vice president of the United States. Uh, I guess he could still be, but, uh, but you would never know it. He just talks like he's sitting next to you on your couch and just talking about important stuff like family and kids and, and young people and investing in the future. So, uh, I had a lot more things to, I wanted to get to today, but I just, uh, it is what it is. So some people think it's too long as it is. So, uh, I hope you enjoyed it and, uh, catch you next week. Remember the conference COVID con October 14th, 15th and 16th. I know it's like in a mid, it's like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This one costs money. It costs a hundred dollars. There's going to be amazing, uh, medical people there from all over the United States, and uh, it'll give you access for three days at that conference. So look it up on churchofgladtidings.com. Okay, have a good evening. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show, and remember people that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still Sugar to kiss.